Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Uh, and 
got that from, uh, you can see in the article uh, that I have uh, posted to the show from Barbara Boyd from the LaRouche Pack. And we were talking about tonight, you know, the elite deal election. And I added one thing closer to it. And again, you can see the link to the full article. And I'm going to read from that, uh, from our description here on uh, Blog Talk Radio for Bard's Logic. But I say that we are moving more, being closer to being like China. And, and I'll explain that more later on in the show, where that's where I think we're at, especially if we allow this to, to, to go forward and Biden Harris, unless I kid ourselves, it will be a, it would be a Harris administration to move in. And this is actually taken from uh, the article, and I, I suggest uh, folks to, to read all of it. And I did supply the link here on Blog Talk Radio to the remainder. Uh, you can read the remainder of the article. And uh, we also have tonight uh, LaRouche Pike's Michael Stanger uh, on the show. Uh, so we'll have a def- definitely an interesting com- uh, conversation tonight. But she, she puts in the article, says, as President Donald – and we've, we've seen this, but this you know, puts, it all, puts you know, some things together. As President Donald Trump's path to the White House began to be accomplished last night – so we're describing how tonight went – the counting in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania halted. In all those states, the president was leading. Georgia, where the president was also leading, became delayed by a, quote, water main break. North Carolina was undeclared despite the president's lead there. Arizona was called for by Fox with thousands of votes. Then I put voted there, so I have to change that. But it says votes from the election day not even counted. The vote fraud pattern is classic. Stop everything. Slow it down to a snail's pace while we figure out how to concoct more votes in the Democrat city-centered precincts we control, namely Detroit, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Atlanta. And I believe we do have uh, our, one of our other guests on the other line just push the uh, one on your number dial, and I will uh, get you into the show. But we also have with us uh, Joseph Mangi, who has worked uh, on campaigns, many campaigns. I'm going to put down in the description here everything he's worked on. But one of the things you may find interesting and, and definitely I think it's relevant to tonight is he was involved with the uh, recount there in uh, Florida for the Gore campaign. And I believe at the time he was working for uh, – the Gore campaign. So uh, we do have him on. We're going to get bring in uh, Joseph first, and then we'll bring in Michael. Uh, but let's go ahead and, and again. I'm going to link also how this happening, and, the, and I'll bring it together, is actually bringing us closer to being like China. And I'll, again, I'll explain more of that later. Well, let's go ahead and bring in Joseph. Thank you very much, Joseph, for coming to the show. Uh, I really don't think I need to ask how you're doing tonight because I think we all know. Um, absolutely speechless, uh, which actually brings back, uh, reminiscence of, uh, 2000, 20 years ago. It, it actually feels like it was yesterday. Um, I started out in politics as a blue dog centrist, uh, Democrat. And, uh, back in 2000, we ran on that platform and, uh, you know, all the polls, had us neck and neck that showed that uh, we uh, we had enough in the lead to take 
the command uh, and win the presidency with George W. Bush as the uh, as the governor of Texas at the time. And uh, I remember when the uh, desk first called Florida for Gore. Uh, in actuality, had we carried West Virginia, which Bill Clinton carried uh, back in 92, would have not came down to Florida. And there were a lot of mistakes that were made on the campaign. Uh, you go back to 2000, uh, especially in Florida, um, Gore was uh, guilt by association by Bill Clinton uh, with uh, a little five-year-old boy at the time called Ilian Gonzalez, a uh, Cuban refugee whose mother died, didn't make it uh, alive on a raft with uh, her son uh, fleeing from Cuba, and it turned out to be a whole uh, PR scandal. Well, acting Attorney General at the time, Janet Reno, uh, and Bill Clinton made a very unwise move that did not help Al Gore uh, in 2000 in uh, Florida, especially in, in, in Miami. Uh, back then, the demographics were different. Uh, the, the majority demographic uh, were Cuban-Americans. Uh, today, uh, the majority demographic of Latinos happen to be uh, an influx of Puerto Ricans. Uh, you still have your Cuban-Americans, your Venezuelans, your Colombians, your South Americans, and Central Americans that the demographics have shifted. And so uh, when Elian Gonzalez was taken away and sent back with his father to Cuba, uh, that angered many, 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 many uh, loyal Democrats and uh, many Cuban-Americans or even Cuban exiles who said, uh, you know what, uh, we will remember that in November. And they took that out against Gore. Uh, another critical mistake we made in the campaign is uh, Gore decided to distance himself from Bill Clinton not realizing that despite uh, Bill Clinton having perjured himself and um, you know uh, with the scandal with Monica Lewinsky despite all of that um, you know nobody cared to be quite frank the economy was booming uh, you may not have liked Bill Clinton on a personal level, but uh, he created over 23 million jobs. It was pre-9/11. Uh, things were uh, were booming. Uh, we had a prosperous uh, 1990s, except for the first two years of his administration. And so Al Gore was running on that. So despite all of those mistakes, it came down to Florida, and it was not because of early voting. It was not because of mail-in ballots, it was a whole different scenario of what played out last night. Um, it, it was much different. Uh, the Democratic Party back then actually believed in principles and in the integrity of the election. And in reality, when it came down to Florida, uh, and when they had taken uh, Florida away as uh, the too-close-to-call column, and then they gave it to George W. Bush, uh, the Gore team and the national headquarters in, in Nashville, Tennessee, crunched the numbers, and they realized they were within the uh, uh, margin of error. Um, they were within, I think, about uh, over 1,000 votes of a differential, which mandated an automatic recount. Now, what we saw yesterday is uh, completely different. Uh, Pennsylvania, the Supreme Court, ruled a month ago 
which is not their job to do so to undo the legislators' rule of, of, of Pennsylvania. They ruled that uh, as long as you received a uh, mail-in ballot on election day, um, that they would they would also grant an extension on top of that. So as long as it was postmarked uh, on the third, it could still be counted uh, past the third. I, I believe up until the twelfth, or somewhere around there, which was insane. And so uh, the Trump legal team brought it to the Supreme Court because they tried to avoid this. They 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 could foresee that this was going to be a potential liability, and it Justice Chief Roberts ruled five to four, not once but twice, uh, against not wanting to get involved, and thus you you have this mess. Uh, You have uh, a big calamity here, which is kind of similar to 2000, but different in so many scales, because you have this mail-in ballot, which is a a brand-new system in many of these states, uh, which basically is an experimentation uh, but it's a democratic ploy to uh, rig the election, absolutely. And they have succeeded in that. Because if you think about it, last night in the state of Michigan, in the state of Wisconsin, and in the state of Georgia, Donald Trump had a lead. And all of a sudden, the poll workers were ordered to stop counting in Fulton County. Uh, Fulton County in in Georgia and they were ordered to halt the voting uh, the counting in Pennsylvania and they were ordered to halt counting the votes uh, in Wisconsin and in Michigan then you turn on the news this morning the votes continue and all of a sudden they give Michigan to Biden they give Wisconsin to Biden Uh, the poll watchers whose job is to ensure that they're within 20 feet of the people counting the ballots to ensure that the integrity of election is being uh, honored, uh, they were actually prohibited from one of the major uh, voting polling sites where they were counting. I believe it was uh, one of the uh, convention centers in Philadelphia. And so the Trump legal team, uh, this is really different from 2000 where – the legal battle came down to a recount in one state, uh, and you know the Gore team maintained that there was irregularities in that. Versus, you have a whole slew of critical states where it's very clear that improprieties did occur uh, and have even occurred today in Philadelphia when they were banning the poll workers from not even being able to be. They, they distanced them 100 feet away, and that's against the law. If they're supposed to be within 20 feet to ensure they can see the ballot, they can make sure it has the postmarks next to it. And so, as you said, Robert, this is probably the most important uh, recount election uh, since 2000, uh, which will tip the scales of of the direction of where our country was going. The only difference was uh, it wasn't the most important election of our lifetime. Uh, We didn't have a radical leftist party that was trying to transform America into a socialist or communist country. It was different. It was more like Gore was taking the torch and the mantle from 
a successful Bill Clinton administration. And if, if you go back and you YouTube the debates and the commercials, you'll hear Al Gore and the Democratic Party and the Blue Dogs advocating for uh, legal immigration, advocating for uh, protecting our borders, advocating for you know, promoting America, American success and prosperity, uh, advocating American patriotism, things that you would never hear the, the left uh, speak of today. It, it's been a complete transformation for the worse. If you think about it, um, you know, the last successful uh, Democratic administration and, and Blue Dog Party was under Bill Clinton, and that ended when uh, Al Gore did not win the recount. He lost by 537 votes when the Supreme Court ordered um, the stay uh, so that they could not continue to count. They overrode the, the Florida Supreme Court that did give the Gore team, give, gave our team the go to continue to recount. And the difference, though, the difference, if you look back, is that Gore ran a very tough campaign, and George, so, so did uh, George W. Bush. However, when it came to the recount, the Bush team did a very good job in getting supporters on the ground and getting supporters to uh, influence what was going on in Miami. And for some reason, all of a sudden, Gore wanted to play softball, and he thought, well, if he sent his supporters to counteract their demonstrations and things of that nature, he was afraid uh, blood was going to pour in the streets, and he didn't want that on his hands. When is the last time you ever thought you would hear a Democrat actually say that? A Democrat, actually a candidate, advocate that I don't want to send counter-protesters on our side down there because I'm afraid if we get into an altercation, I don't want violence to spill on the streets. Whoa, those days are way over. Uh, they're long I don't over. Think we could, I don't think we could avoid it. Absolutely. Uh, if anything, today the left embraces that with Antifa and BLM. And, and left-wing radicals, they embrace that. They encourage that. They, it, 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 it's a different party. Um, but, but why George W. Bush was so successful uh, in winning the recount is because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Gore choked when it came to the recount and not sending his team, his supporters down there. Uh, he didn't fight too hard. Uh, and in the end of the day, the tougher... The better team won only because they played harder at the end, and they didn't choke at the end. And so Trump is in this position right now today. And here's how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. They awarded today Wisconsin and Michigan to Biden. And what I find very dubious, and I'm connecting the dots, is before the first polls came in at 7 o'clock, earlier on the campaign manager said we can win without Florida and Pennsylvania. Now, I didn't connect the dots at first, but I thought wow, that, that's a big, bold statement to say that you can win without Florida and Pennsylvania because every Republican no Republican has ever won the presidency without winning 
Ohio and Florida. That's a big deal for uh, Biden's campaign manager to have gone out there and said, we don't think we need Florida or Pennsylvania or Ohio. And I think I know why today, ladies and gentlemen. They gave Wisconsin and Michigan to Biden, and all Biden needs is to take Nevada tomorrow, which Nevada has said by 12 p.m. they should have an answer, and he has the keys to the White House. He has the magic number of 270. Uh, For Trump to hold on, he has to take Nevada tomorrow. He does not have to flip Arizona, but it would be beneficial to do so. I think Arizona was a mistake. They called it too early. Earlier today, Governor Ron DeSantis even went on the record in saying, by 8.30 p.m., we knew Trump was the definitive winner of Florida. He couldn't understand why it took until 10 p.m. for all the stations and the outlets to call it for Florida. And um, so there was a the few theories the on day, that, but go ahead. Absolutely, the few theories on that. Florida is the model of how they've done the counting. They started weeks ago. They have a system of checks and balances that ensures that this voter fraud is not going to happen. And thus, they learned. They have learned a lot from 2000. Uh, so this is a tough battle, and we have to win this one. And we cannot just sit back and allow this election to be rigged. And no, this is not some right-wing conspiracy because we're just not happy with the results. This is something that the Trump team had predicted for months. They already had their lawyers waiting for months prepared for this. Uh, you know, uh, Many conservatives and uh, Republicans went on the record in saying this was a potential liability uh, That was the inevitable, especially when the Pennsylvania Supreme Court uh, ruled that uh, they could extend counting the votes past past Election Day. And Trump took it to the Supreme Court, and Justice Roberts not once but twice deferred it back. So they did the greatest disservice to this country where we wouldn't be in this position. And so here's how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. We have to pray. we got to pray to God that Nevada holds for President Trump. And so far, with 75% of the vote coming in, it's neck and neck. And then... Well, they were already... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Robert. Well, I can say, I think they were already you know, talking about uh, you know, calling that. I mean, they didn't talk about it a lot. And I do find it interesting that we do have uh, Michael on the line, and with that, we'll have Tom. Again, there's plenty of time, so if you fi- feel like you're on hold for a while, we have plenty of time, and we will get you on the show. Uh, and what I found interesting is that, you know, during the beginning of the night, you know, they're like, well, here's how it's going to how it's going to be working. Is they're going to count the uh, the mail-in and the early voting first, and then they're going to count the day of. You know, so I found it interesting that places like Florida. Places like Ohio, where you've seen that happening, but then when you get to uh, other states, and then they, you know, like you know Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and then I think they're even trying to add on. Uh, I don't know about North Carolina as much, but but, but Georgia. We're like, well, wait a minute. Why are these states, if it's true, 
counting the you know you know counting you know counting the 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 mail in and the early voting first you know unlike the other you know other ones so you had why are some states doing it of course they didn't say that until after they stopped the count so I mean, again, all the smells, and we've known this. I don't know why I was kind of shocked. I mean, we've talked about this for months, and and again, I want to bring to, you know to my point. We'll win a little bit. And if, there's some background noise going there uh, for you, Joseph. And you know, when we're gonna when we're gonna talk about you know how this actually brings us to China, you know, closer to China, is that you know again, I'm not going to get there, but I do want to get our other. Uh, you know, our other guest on, and then I'll bring that in before Tom. And so, I mean, it just it all it all smells like. Well, why are they doing? Why are they doing that now? They just stopped. It's, it's, it is almost as like, okay, well, we see Trump's uh, win, and eh, let's slow some things down. You know, because how many times have you heard? Oh, well, if you take Florida, if you take Ohio, I mean, that's pretty much. I mean, there was a time, and I found this interesting on Fox News last night, and I don't know how many people caught it. Remember the beginning of their their coverage. Or they had uh, two things. One, they remember they had that. And there's still some background there, so Joseph. Um, where no, they had de- de- where. Definitely, sorry, definitely yeah, not that, on my that, end. I can assure you that. Really, I, I, yeah, that's interesting because you're the only other mic besides mine I have. I have open, um, so I find that interesting. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, NSA Bob and. And so they had this where they had this counter that was going, you know, the first time it, it, the counter said all oh, this counter could switch back and forth on who it's more likely to win. Well, at first it was at the first time they only showed it twice. The first time they showed it is when Biden, uh, you know, they thought Biden would win. It was like 59 percent. Okay, and so and and then all then after Trump won Florida, two things. One. That needle that Fox News said, the likelihood, like, jumped up to, like, 70-something percent that Trump would win. I mean, even the, – and, and then they were talking about – I don't know if there's um, – maybe it's my headset. I don't know. I'm getting some background stuff here. Are, are you hearing that, Joseph? Uh, no, but I could assure you I'm the only one in the room. Everything is uh, yeah, muted. Yeah, okay. It, might be, it, it just might be this head. It might just be you know, <laughs> my mic here. Uh, but anyway, is – yeah, there we go. Maybe it's. But I got the on my headset. The earpiece is on my ear. I'm actually seeing a doctor about it, um, but my ears all clogged up. So I got to actually have some stuff done to it. But anyway, so maybe I'm just hearing it, not reverberating from it. But anyway, you, know, you don't hear an echo or anything. Uh, I kind of heard you fading a little bit in and out of the mic, just just briefly. But it's more like just fading in and out. Okay. Well, sorry about that, folks. Uh, but anyway. Is you know so so also they had the betting. Remember the betting odds. And after Trump won Florida, they're talking about how the betting odds jumped like again like their needle likelihood like seventy something percent. And after that, boom, they didn't have that little ticker anymore. That little oh with this bar sway. I don't know anyone who also watched Fox. I watched frankly I watched Fox and OAN last night. One American News Network last night are the two places I was watching, and. No way in is a kind of an up-and-coming uh, news organization, much like uh, Parler is, I think, you know, and, and that's one thing we, we, I think we need to do moving forward. So I think anyone who is a Trump supporter, they just need to dump Facebook. Dump it. Dump it and move to Parler. 
Go to go to Parlor for your social media. Don't. It's it's time it's time to dump Facebook after this election. Either way it rolls, I think it's time to you know. And I've got no skin in the game. I, I'm in no way associated with Parlor except I just I literally just created an account tonight at Parlor. I, I do. I think everyone needs to dump Facebook and move to Parlor. But anyway, and so but that stopped. Those things just. And, and you know, and Kelly, we'll get you on the line as well. We got a couple callers ahead of you, uh, but that but that stuff stopped after, and it did. I mean, and I've got a brother who lives in Florida. I even texted him last night, and after this, we're going to bring in my brother. So, what the hell's going on in Florida? It's been sitting at ninety-one percent for like an hour and a half. Why aren't they calling? You know, why aren't they calling Florida? It's been sitting there for an hour and a half, and then finally. They called. Remember, they called Florida like right after they called. Right after they called California, they called Florida, which I I, I found kind of suspicious. What's your thoughts on that? And then we're going to bring it in, uh, bring in our guest Michael from the Larouche Pack, and then we'll bring in Tom, and then you, Kelly. Uh, but go ahead, Joseph. It's exactly what Governor Robert DeSantis uh, alluded to when he was on uh, uh, Hannity tonight. He said by 8:30 they knew. They knew from all their uh, data that Trump was the definitive winner, and he was flabbergasted as to why it took the networks till 10 o'clock to call it. And um, so, you know, that puts a lot of things into question. How does a candidate who can't even finish a sentence, who didn't even run a campaign, who spent the majority of his time hiding in his basement, how does he get over 70 million votes so far, uh, which now they're claiming is more than what Barack Obama got uh, in 2008. I mean, that's that's just not possible. And I'll, 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 I'll say one more thing before we get to Mike. What's very troubling is that Trump only won by six points in Texas. That is a wake-up call to the Republican Party in Texas. The last time the Repu- uh, Texas was in the blue column, was with LBJ. Ever since, uh, Texas has been a, a, a long staple of being part of the traditional red wall. Trump only won it by six points. That's scary. And the fact that Georgia, a deep red state, is still not being called. As of today, we still don't have a winner. And North Carolina, which is a traditional red state, but this year became a battleground state, which is the Part of the traditional red wall, I'm, I, I'm flabbergasted. I just don't understand. And I believe that it's a failure of the Re- Republican Party in those, per- those respective states. It's a failure of the Republican parties to hold their own. Because if you look at the rest of the red wall, they did a good job of holding their own. But yet we still have North Carolina. We still have uh, Georgia. And... To win Texas by just six points, in the in the great words of Joe Biden, and I'm being sarcastic. Come on, man. Really? Well, a, co- well, well, a couple things. Well, a couple things is, and I, and I hate to say this because this this is a lot of. I think this is a bad uh, bellwether for for America. Really, is that we've seen what happened and, and the, on to Texas. Is well, first I'll do uh, Georgia. Remember, Georgia supposedly had that you know water main break, which I find interesting. I, just, I think someone really needs to investigate whether it was an actual water main break. I mean, I know it's kind of hard. That'd be something hard to fake, but I wonder if there's been any follow-up to it. But as to Texas, is that my concern is, is uh, you know that we may see in a couple election cycles Texas turn into 
you know, Virginia. Because look at Virginia. Virginia used to be a a reliably red state, and then it's and now it's like almost as blue as Hawaii, you know. And so now, uh, I think. Because what you did, you got all these people from D.C., you know, moving into Virginia, you know, trying to run – which is ironic as hell because they're running away from liberal policies, from moving from Washington, D.C. to, to, to Virginia, and they bring their ideology with them. And I, th- I think what might be happening is I think that same thing might be happening to Texas. All these people are moving out of, you know, like California, and I believe Tom's from California, so maybe he could speak uh, on that. Is they're moving out of California. One of the places they're choosing to move to is Texas because they're running away from the high taxes in, in places like San Francisco, you know. And they're they're moving into, and they're, but they're bringing their ideology. It's like so liberal. The liberalism destroyed California, or you know. And now you're going to take that to to Texas. I mean, so I'm really concerned about that. But let's go ahead and bring in our guest, Michael, and then we're going to bring in Tom, and then you, Kelly. We've got other callers. Just hit the one on your number dial. And we'll get you into the show. Uh, but thank you very much, uh, Michael. And he's also uh, from California. You can probably speak on that herself. Um, you're from uh, the LaRouche Pack, which we had our, our meeting tonight. One thing I found interesting during the meeting, I don't know if you were able to uh, had time to attend, Michael, is one of the things that I, re- I think the, the reason – now, we said this before in the show. And I'm not the, saying that you know we coined this, but – is where the, you know with the polls basically is to try to give this what they said on the on the LaRouche Pack conference call tonight was to give an aura of inevitability that that, that Biden's definitely going to win now so even though we know the polls are BS right uh, but by going through all this and I was going to mention this to to you Joseph is that I'm one of the things that I think they're trying to plan it is so could actually win without Ohio win without uh, Florida, which you know they said for how many election cycles? Oh, well, you can't win an election if you you know win Ohio, you don't win Ohio and Florida. Biden won neither one of those. So tell me, yes, this is a historic election, but is it, is it historic enough where you know those? I, I wouldn't go as far as to say truisms, but those things that have been you know pretty you know not pretty static for. You know, again, many election cycles, how that changed, and I think they're what they're trying to do is bring is, is saying, oh, well, Biden can move a pass. We're, we're, you know, where Pennsylvania is not even involved. I think they're, that's what they're going to. That's why I think with Michigan, where Michigan comes such into play. Where, yeah, I mean, through my understanding, uh, Michigan. I mean, Trump was winning Michigan pretty handily. With like seventy something percent of the vote, or sixty five percent of the vote, or no, not sixty five. I think it was like seventy or plus percent of the vote. And now they have him as, you know, I, I guess barely. Or no, they gave it through my understanding. They called it for Biden. So, uh, Michael, I mean, I know you've got some things you want to go with uh, what we need to look at down in the future. But what's your thoughts on those types of things and anything that uh, that Joseph brought up? Yeah, great. Uh, thanks, Robert. And I, I think I think Joseph had a lot of very valuable insights into the situation. Um, Look, I think that there's a famous American naval saying from the American Revolutionary War from John Paul Jones when he was actually running, you know, skirmishes around the British coast, which was when uh, the British Armada or fleet thought they had John Paul Jones defeated. uh, He's known to have said, I have not yet begun to fight. 
and I think that many of the American people out there listening and you know in their living rooms and dinner tables and discussion tonight probably unable to to stand and even look at the fiasco that's that's unfolding from the media is that there is a there's an anger and an outrage and the only reason you don't see um an expression of that on the streets not not the anarchist antifa violence but an, an actual like a kind of the car caravans. I mean, what we saw with Trump was an unprecedented and nearly spontaneous eruption of a mobilization of the American people against what I would say was a British-orchestrated fascist coup being run in the United States. And the American people had had enough, and they were, and not only that, but they were responding to the leadership Trump provided. And leadership is always of one characteristic. It's never perfect. It's never polished. It fights. That's why I've worked with, I worked with Lyndon LaRouche for nearly two decades because I saw in Mr. LaRouche a quality of a fight that, rec- that was capable of winning. And that's what inspires people, and that's what I think we've seen from the American people. There is an army of Americans today that did not exist even just a couple of years ago. Now, Trump has a pathway, and I think um, Joseph's right regarding the Nevada's. Nevada's going to be a psychological warfare, much like the polling, much like the media has been incessantly for four years and even more aggressively during this COVID scenario. Uh, but even if they call Nevada, you're going to have to certify votes. You're going to have to certify votes in Wisconsin. There's going to be a recount. It's 20,000 votes. And I, Joseph, I think, very appropriately pointed out, this guy couldn't pull in 10 people to a rally, and yet he gets a turnout of 80%, 90% in democratically machine-controlled precincts in Milwaukee or Detroit or Philadelphia. We had we had source reports in Detroit that the Sounds black like vote was, was, ma- was massively suppressed, right? The blacks were not going to come out and vote because Biden's record is awful. You're saying these people came out in numbers beyond Obama to vote for Joe, you know, you know oh, oh, what they call him, Jim Crow Joe? I don't think so. So... Um, they're going to fight it legally. They had a legal army that I think a 50,000 team prepared in Pennsylvania. They've obviously got people now boots on the ground with Giuliani and Pam Bondi, and they're going to fight it in Pennsylvania. Um, Arizona was a, just a complete fraud. Fox News has just has just become – and Fox News just joined the, disc, the entirely list of discredited news agencies in this country. And that's the question, the question of Trump winning – is a complete over, a beginning of overturning 75 years of total cultural rot in this country. Um, when the Dulles brothers, the very kind of fascist coup operations that the Dulles brothers were running in other parts of the world for globalist benefit, that same CIA that Alan Dulles helped establish is now running the same very coup program in the United States. So it is, it is critical. We're at a critical stage. Trump's a fighter. And the one thing, uh, Joseph pointed this out, Gore conceded. 
Nixon conceded in 1960, even though he knew that the Kennedy machine had largely stolen it. And that doesn't say anything bad about some of Kennedy's policies. But Trump's not conceding this. As long as he has the mobilization and backing of the American people, I don't see him giving up because the argument that he should concede it because it would be in the better interest of the country is, is impossible to swallow. I mean, who can buy that? So Trump's going to wage all-out war because he has been. This guy's been under more siege and assault than any president in American history. And what they did to presidents like Washington and Lincoln are, are hard for most Americans to even fathom. And it's far more severe in terms of what's happened to President Trump. He's at the forefront of an American army, however. If we mobilize, the corruption is so blatant, so bald-faced, that they can, they can pull together a victory and they can pull together the presidency. And the question is to not only do that, but then to take the, 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 full, uh, the full quality of vengeance upon the enemies of our country that, they, that is deserved. And I think that's really a question that, that we have to look at um, of how this has happened. How has it gotten this bad? Uh, but I think at this point, we are in a, a, a wartime-like mobilization to defeat a fascist coup. This was not an election. This was a bald-faced fascist coup that they pulled at like 2 o'clock Eastern time when they shut down the vote, called Arizona early, and triggered the kind of vote fraud that we see now throughout the upper Midwest. And I have to say, just maybe as a final point, and we can, if you want to open it up more, but I think Trump expanded the map. I think he expanded Virginia, even though all these Alexandria votes, I think they set that up. Um, I think they were probably a little stunned. Again, Fox News called that very early in the evening. Just, again, a very suspicious call. And then I think he probably expanded Nevada for one very clear reason. As much as the Hispanics are union members in Las Vegas, they're not working because of the lockdowns. And the last thing they want to see is a European-style Joe Biden, holy hell, lockdown on the country. And so I think that Nevada likely turned, but who knows? There was massive voter fraud and mail-in ballots there, uh, which will make it a very difficult call tomorrow. Uh, but I, again, I think that's psychological warfare. I think we've got to look for the certification of Arizona. I think, you've got to, I think he's got a very solid chance at Pennsylvania. And it's very possible that they pulled their corruption too hard too early and that the American people's outpouring of votes in Pennsylvania may have been sufficient to even overcome the vote fraud. And that may be critical, and it, the same may be true in Arizona. Um, I think Michigan and Wisconsin, I think Michigan especially, is going to be very, very swampy. But anyways, I think we've got a viable chance. I think we've got to fight this thing out. But it's very clear, if it's not possible, and, it, and as, as was pointed out, the Supreme Court with John Roberts or Brett Kavanaugh, both of which are very, somewhat very swampy creatures. Um, this American army is not going to go away, and it's going to be critical because the policies of Biden and Harris are nothing less than full totalitarian. You might call it soft totalitarian, like the Aldous Huxley, drug them up, get them stoned, soft totalitarian fascist policies. So that's what I got. Oh, no. And we'll certainly keep us liked and keep us in our roundtable. We've got Tom next. And before I bring Tom in real quick, is that to the part of 
the title of the program is how this could bring us closer, in my opinion, to the United States being like China. Is this, I, I really think this is the goal, and I find that ironic because you have an FBI who sat on that laptop, you know, even before the impeachment hearings. You know, so I think the FBI is corrupt. I think after this election, Ray needs to be fired. And because you have a guy who, you know, is having business dealings with China, where you want, you have a political, here it is, you have a political party within the United States at this moment. It's been long enough, but not this moment. We have a, a political party in the United States that really do want and, and are fighting for it and their goal is to have a, 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 a nation that is run by one party, especially on the national level. They want everything run by the Democrat Party, or else they, they wouldn't have threatened to pack the courts. They wouldn't have, I mean, look at D.C. last night. That's why they want to make D.C. a state. D.C. won by, uh, beat Trump by like 90-something percent, voted for, for, for Trump. And then you got Puerto Rico, which eh, may, maybe, maybe not, but that would go Democrat. But you certainly would have D.C. would get two senators. Okay, and then remember, there's going to be redistricting soon, and if they do redistricting, enough, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But not, and, and here's how it makes it more like China. And then I'll bring in Tom. Is that not only will we, will, do they want and they're working for, and their goal is, you know, one one party role, is they also would have what China has, which is a state where on media, our media is literally the propaganda arm because if you go to CNN, MSNC, NPR, any of those alphabet media, so-called media, right, they mimic, they parrot the exact words and phrases of the Democrat politicians, literally to the word, literally to the phrase. They are the propaganda arm. So here you've got one state, you've got one party control, and you, and you, and you pretty much have state-run you know, media, because they, they look what they did with Hunter Biden. Either hit it or they tried to call it Russian disinformation about the whole uh, Hunter Biden scandal, which has links to China. So if this is able to be done, of course, and, and the thing is, China, and I do, I really think that, and then I'll bring you in, Tom, biological warfare from China to literally do what it's been doing now, and that's to affect the election. Because I can't remember the guy's name. As he stated, he's like, you know what? If it wasn't for coronavirus, this election would not have even been contested if it wasn't for the coronavirus. You know, and, but then the thing is, is they want the, the Democrats to win. They want Biden in there because have the Democrats, with their propaganda on the media, have they said and done anything to try to hold the Chinese, uh, you know, the, the Chinese government, communist government, accountable? They need to be held accountable, and they won't be. Mark my word: if they somehow are able to steal this election, China will not be held accountable for what they did to the United States, but to the world. There won't be any investigations, at least none that that will see the light of day about where this virus actually came from. Was it man-made, or was it just an accident some wet market as they try to push it? But anyway, for those things for you know, our panel here to ponder, let's go ahead and welcome Tom. I believe Tom is from uh, California as well. Uh, thank you very much, Tom, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? 
I'm good. You know what? I'm actually putting my son down to bed really quick. What I'm going to do is I'm going to actually hang up. I'm going to call back in in about 15 minutes or so. Sorry about that, guys. I've been waiting, but I'll I'll call you back. Sorry. <laughs> I'd oh, love no, to chat. Okay. I'll call, call you right back. back afterwards. Sounds good. We'll still be alive and, and taking calls. So let's go ahead and uh, uh, appreciate Tom uh, uh, being on, but so we, we'll move it over to you, Kelly. Uh, Kelly's from – we've got a lot of California callers in tonight. Uh, <laughs> he's also from California. He's one of our panelists, so. Uh, and thank you, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, you're doing really good, man. Yeah, I guess I'm doing pretty good. I uh, wore shorts today because it's going to be probably the last warm day until the spring. And it's Northern California by the Oregon border. But, yeah, you know, people are all excited. They, you know, people are starting to call it, oh, it's Biden. Oh, it's Trump. Well, you know, for those who are all hot and bothered and they're panting like they're having sex or something, they're calling their wannabe presidential candidate as elected before all the votes are counted and certified. All these people that are excited and elated. Have they ever heard of premature electulation? <laughs> anyway. No, Kelly, I, I don't think I've heard that phrase, but I think you may have just coined one. Yeah, premature electulation <laughs> or elect elation. <laughs> anyway, you know, I joke around and come on the show. Um, several things, and I appreciate I'm not feeling the, very humorous today for some reason, but go ahead. Well, some people are not feeling very humorous. You know, I saw this. I said that on a show. You know, it might take till December to figure this out. Lawsuit flying. I am, I'm actually rather happy about Trump and Giuliani um, calling it out. We believe there's vote fraud here and there and there and here. We, I'm getting other reports and, and stuff that I'm with Watch the Vote USA, National Election Integrity Organization. Uh, we're going to launch a survey pretty soon about your voting experience. You know, how, how, how was your voting experience? Any problems? We did this before and we had, oh my gosh, the stuff we found in California was frightening. But anyway, that was 2016. So yeah, there's problems all over the place and lawsuits are flying. And at least Donald Trump has the balls. He has the balls to question it and file suit. Uh, they were claiming, Arizona is going to become theirs, and one Fox News analysis was that and, and Kelly, real, Trump, real quick, well, maybe not real quick, Kelly. We definitely want to get to your points, but uh, and if you don't mind, because we do have Tom Bach on the line, and we did have him holding, but he was able to call back. So, you do you mind if I go ahead and bring it back in and then bring the mic over back to you? Do you mind? Do you mind? Oh, that's fine. I'm sure other people's input is always good. Okay. So, yeah, because I've uh, – he, he called back uh, quickly, which is good. Uh, but we'll keep your mic open, Kelly, and after Tom, we'll bring it over to you. And then, we'll, of course, we'll, we'll continue on with our, our conversation, uh, this, our discussion tonight. Again, uh, thanks for calling back, Tom. How, uh, how are you tonight? Hey, guys. Thank you. Sorry, that timing was just tough there for a second. I am doing uh, – I'm doing okay, you know. I'm not going to – the end of the world, but uh, not super happy, I guess is the best way to put it. How are you guys doing? Well, you know, I, 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 I can't say I'm hang, I can't say I'm having a good day. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I got a, I have a cloaked up ear from having a, uh, a headset on for for too long, and I haven't got much sleep. And well, I really, have, I think I had a granola bar to eat today. So beyond that, I think. Uh, no, but anyway. I get it. 
Yeah, I think, you know, I am a Trump uh, a supporter through and through. I voted for him for 2016. I voted for him this, this, this year. But I think at the same time, I'm a little frustrated with how things are going right now. And I, I hope this isn't meant to be taken as criticism on the party, um, more as just I'm a person who is much more towards the center, I think. You know, I don't really – so I think it kind of allows me to look at things um, objectively. And so I'm a, a lawyer, and just looking at the situation, right, I think what's not being reported enough, and it's kind of a shame, is that the reason that the Florida totals went the way they did is that Florida for a very long time has allowed mail-in uh, voting, and Florida has an established law that they count the votes as they come in, right? Florida counts the votes as they come in, which is why you never really saw Biden take that significant of an actual lead there because they were putting all the votes out at the same time. So, in fact, even though it looked like Biden was ahead at first, it was because the mail-in votes were being counted first, and the mail-in votes, because of how Trump ran the campaign, were going to be heavily skewed towards Democratic Party because Trump was saying that the mail-in votes were not going to count or whatever, even though they've happened forever, right? We've been doing mail-in votes for a very long, long time. Now, the counter to this, and it's really, it's really important for us as a Republican Party to, to talk about these facts. It's very important for us to mention them because it gives us credit in the future. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, which all have Republican-run Houses, right? They are run by our party. Had the opportunity to change the law to agree to count mail-in votes early, and distinctly said no, despite the fact that it was asked multiple times. COVID is around. We want to have an accurate understanding of how this is going. They said no. So what happened is, is that it appeared to be very far ahead because they counted the same-day vote. And because of the way Trump ran the campaign, that was always going to skew towards the Republican Party. But these news, I also don't think are as bad as we make them out to be, reported this wrong. It's not about who's ahead. It's about what has been reported. The fact that someone was ahead in Wisconsin, I was never comfortable with the Trump lead in Wisconsin because Milwaukee had not been counted. And Milwaukee leans like 65 to 70 percent Democrat. I was never comfortable with the Trump lead in Pennsylvania because Philadelphia had not been counted. And traditionally, the Democrats carry Philadelphia by 75 to 80 percent. I was not comfortable with the Georgia lead because the rural counties had been counted. And there were tons of mail-in votes from Atlanta, which, which is 80 percent Democrat, that had not been counted. I was not comfortable with Michigan because it went out to a massive lead, but Detroit had not been counted, and Detroit leaned 75 to 80% as a Democrat. If this was a traditional election, would we have won? Honestly, guys, and I hate to say this, I doubt it, because when the Democrats come out and vote like this, we lose. When Obama brought people out in 2008, we lost. When Obama brought people out in 2012, he brought less people out. It was a hell of a lot closer but we lost. When Trump bought people, brought people out in 2016 and the Democrats didn't like Clinton, we won by a lot. And so I think just the reality is, is what frustrates me 
as a, I would say, staunch Republican, but more someone towards the center, is that Trump has been running a campaign that I don't personally like. And that campaign has been to essentially sow seeds of doubt in the, in the voting institution of the United States, despite the fact that he was relatively telegraphing what he was going to do. He was trying to have a large lead out in front. So in a bad case scenario, he could claim that there was voter fraud in Michigan. Oh, I was out to a 15% lead. Yeah, okay, well, but Milwaukee hasn't, hasn't been counted. In Michigan, oh, I was out to a... But yeah. my, my question to you is, my question to you is, well, well, why? Why weren't they counted? Okay, so these heavily, you know, I just not, told you. that's the argument that they'll make. Why, why were they not counted? The, the, the House has denied the right to count votes as they came in. And so none of these votes that should have been getting counted on October 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 20th, 30th, none of them were counted until the day of election. And the order that they are counting them in is to get the ones that are from the polling booths first. Why? Because to vote to to count a mail-in vote takes more scrutiny. You have to check that signatures are together. You have, it is harder to check a mail-in vote because you have to check more things. So the polling vote is going to be counted faster. And the unfortunate reality that I, I don't love, that admittedly I was a huge Trump uh, a supporter, but I don't love what he's done. And this is me speaking as a lawyer, so I will tell you this from a legal standpoint. You will notice that Trump has brought a lot of lawsuits, right? I could bring a lawsuit against anyone. I could sue anyone for anything. But what I think, unfortunately, you're going to see happen is that there hasn't been a lot in the way of actual proof. And so what you're going to see is a lot of these lawsuits thrown out. Bringing a lawsuit is easy. Anyone could bring a lawsuit. I could bring 50 lawsuits tonight against random people. What would happen is a judge would make me have a burden of evidence. And if that burden of evidence does not hold, the judge, A, might hold me in contempt of court and disbar me, but because the President of the United States is actually doing it, they're just going to throw the lawsuit out. And so what one I want to say is – I think that's a good segue. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I think that's a good segue because we mentioned to Giuliani earlier in the night, and we, we, we have audio clips here that I play as well. So I think this is a good segue. Um, Speaking of lawyers, uh, you know, we'll hear from, you know, I've got an audio clip here of, of Giuliani. And also, I think it's about an eight-minute clip that I think it's uh, – I'll go ahead and play that. And what their contention is, is when you have these type of ballots, you're supposed to have, you know, both, you know multiple people look at them. And two things. One, and, and I'll, I won't give it away, but you listen to uh, what they talk about that in the audio. And two – yeah, I just I seen about four hours ago there was a post by uh, Dan Bongino, who was saying like, look in Michigan, you know they have where officials are covering the windows at Detroit's absence center. Now why would you not but, want but, to? But I guess like, here's, to here's the thing. But okay, and and once again, I am a staunch Republican, but I want to see our party continue into the future, and that's why I'm trying to to not allow the way that we elect officials. To be besmirched because we actually like the Republic. Hey, Robert, can I say something? This is the biggest conspiracy theory of all. This would be impossible to pull off. The Republicans control Michigan, the Republican Party control Wisconsin. We control Pennsylvania. That's not where the the corruption's coming from, though. 
the corruption is coming from within very clearly democratically controlled machines inside these cities. And the thing that's most suspicious. I can tell you what it means. I can tell you what it means. It means that you have, you have, you have, well, I mean, look, I mean, (laughs) this is not, this is not, you're you're making it. First of all, let me say that the fact that I'm, I'm not a Republican and neither is Trump. Okay. Trump's really not a Republican. At all, he he's actually a took a he took he took okay. no no he's not Tea Party at all he's actually not Tea Party at all I mean tea, he's a spender he's a spender he's not a libertarian he's not Tea Party he's certainly not Bush League Republican in any way shape or form he took a machete to most of the party and the, what what hasn't what he hasn't yet macheted like Chris Christie he probably needs to the um, so this is a, a fundamental establishment but what you saw is a massive voter corruption now i don't have evidence on the ground but that's not what this discussion is about what we see is you saw a vote last night where they said they could not finish the count why why couldn't they finish the count yes they had all kinds because of mail in ballots they don't stop the count at 60% so are some of these states close yeah absolutely are there are there probably is there probably a kind of baseline corruption that always takes place? Yeah, I'm sure there is. But you had the three key states in the Midwest shut down. You had Arizona called very early with no, with no, base, with no basis because it looks like, as far as what I measured, for every 1% of the votes that are continued to be counted, Trump gains 10,000 more votes, which means that if all of them were counted, Trump would win. That's what Bill Stepien is saying also. So there is a clearly a kind of media corruption, but like this is, but to say we're having this argument about like similar to 2000 or 1960 would be outrageous. You have seen a fascist coup being run against this president for four years. So don't act like this is an empty box discussion of an election. They were intending to pull this off. Joe Biden's quoted as saying he is the largest vote fraud organization in history. Now, I mean, you could say that's a Freudian slip or just the guy senile. But they intended to steal this election because they've intended to throw this guy out of office before he even took the oath of office. And the reality is you but saw guys, the kind of media cover-up and Twitter and Facebook bald-faced censorship taking place to say that they wouldn't be running massive corruption in Democratic machines, which they just basically did. They said, we're going to stop the vote, and then all of a sudden we're going to start it up again way, way into 5, 6 o'clock in the morning the next day. Mm-hmm. And the vote numbers are going to drastically change. There was no reason for that type of bald-faced manipulation. But regardless of if you have the evidence or not, this is a fascist coup. There is an ongoing fascist coup in the United States by John Brennan, by James Clapper, by Christopher Steele, by Richard Dearlove, by leading MI6 officers that have been orchestrating a fascist coup in the United States. And that's what's taking place. And that's why the and, American and people quick, have to mobilize and recognize what's going on. And real quick, two yeah, things guys. before I play the audio, and I'll, be, and, I'll mute, and I'll mute the people's mic when I do the audio. So if you hear, mute it because I don't want any background noise while I'm doing the audio. Okay? But two things. One, because I set my alarm for this. I stayed up till 4.30 in the morning last night, or this morning rather, okay, watching these returns and wa- you know, watching all the stuff come in. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're probably, you know, they're like, well, we're not going to get any more results because, as they said, they're closing things down until about 11 o'clock. So I'm like, okay, I could try to get some sleep. So I set my alarm to 10 o'clock in the morning because, well, we're not going to get, you know, nothing else is going to happen until about 11 o'clock. 
I get a I get a text this morning from my brother saying was, they're just getting ready to call uh, Wisconsin for you know they're, they're talking about you know or like 128,000 votes uh, came in over like as you guys said overnight like six something in the morning uh, from Wisconsin, you know, which actually in Wisconsin if it's 6:30 here it's probably 5:30 there. So you're saying it's like I find it awful peculiar. And, and that's what these investigations and that's what these recounts are supposed to uh, enlighten us about is, okay, what actually happened. And, and I think that's a good, you know, segue to our, my audio clip uh, that I've got here. So um, I'm going to get that heat up, and then we'll uh, bring uh, people back on the mic. Thank you very much, Eric. It, it, is, it is very, very sad that we're here in – the city that's uh, really the birthplace of our democracy. And this is among one of the most anti-democratic things I've ever seen or encountered. And it's not just here in, 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 Phil in Philadelphia. This is going on all over the country. Uh, we have filed a lawsuit. The lawsuit actually required that when these mail-in ballots that you know are highly suspicious anyway, this form of balloting has always been considered the most prone to fraud. That's according to the New York Times when it didn't apply to candidate President Trump. Well, we were supposed to be allowed by law to observe the counting of the ballots. Now, observe means to any intelligent person being able to look at it. The way it's interpreted by the Democrat crooked machine of Philadelphia is that the observers can be 20 or 30 feet away, never able to see the ballot itself, never able to see if it was properly postmarked, properly addressed, properly signed on the outside. All the things that often lead to disqualification of ballots or make it very easy to dump 50,000 totally fraudulent ballots because they're not observed. This went on for 20 hours while all of you thought there was some kind of legitimate count going on here in Philadelphia, it was totally illegitimate. So we went back to court, and we went before a Democrat judge. No need to tell you what the result in Philadelphia is if you're before a Democrat judge, obviously a political hack, who doesn't know the meaning of the word observe. Observe means to be able to look. Not a single Republican has been able to look at any one of these mail ballots. They could be from Mars, as far as we're concerned. Or they could be from the Democratic National Committee. Joe Biden could have voted 50 times, as far as we know, or 5,000 times. The ballots could be from Camden. Philadelphia, unfortunately, and I would say this about my own city, has a reputation for voter fraud. You have a reputation for dead people voting, and we're going to go look at just how many dead people voted here. I didn't think we'd have to do that, but we will. And you have a reputation for people being busted in from Camden voting here. Wouldn't be the first time that happened. But this goes way beyond any of that. And let me also add that this isn't happening just here. We have exactly the same lawsuit in Wisconsin where exactly the same thing happened. Except in Wisconsin, mysteriously, at 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning, about 120,000 ballots appeared. <laughs> oh, here come these ballots. Well, we have no idea if they really are ballots. We have no idea if they're signed, if they're postmarked properly. 
if it isn't just the same person who submitted 100,000 ballots, and they all got counted. This is the way they intend to win. Now I'm informed by former Congressman Sweeney, who's been going around the country and collecting this information, that similar situation in Arizona, similar situation in Nevada, and a similar situation, what am I missing, John? Where are you? In, in Michigan, in Detroit, Michigan. Again, let me be specific what it is. This whole new thing that never happened before in our country, these mail-in ballots, which has been a cause of real concern for everyone because they can easily be fraudulent. Well, one of the things that the law attaches to that is the right for both parties to observe the ballot, the way we do with absentee ballots. You make certain it's properly signed. On the outside, there's a signature. You make sure that it's properly postmarked. You make sure, it, you make sure that it's uh, properly addressed, and then you pass on it. A number of these are often challenged by the Democrat representative or the Republican representative. <laughs> we never got a chance to look at a single one of them. The gentleman here who, was, who, who did this for us says about 100,000 ballots went through that process in the 20-plus hours in which they wasted his time by not allowing him to see a single ballot. Well, that's 120,000 ballots that should be, just, just be taken out of the count. So you want to look at that number, that 120,000 should come out. And this is an area in which Biden is getting 60, 70 percent of the vote. I don't know if I, I don't know this is going on any other place, but it is going on in enough with enough frequency in Wisconsin that we've brought suit. And now we'll have to look into three other places. What it says to me is this is a concerted effort of the crooks to run the Democrat Party. And you know these big city machines are crooked. You know that. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 100 years of one-party rule leads to corruption of all kinds. Voter fraud is one of the biggest because that's how you keep your power. But we're not going to let them get away with it. They're not going to steal this election. This election gets decided by the people. These people, the elite, they don't care about the people. The people are the deplorables, the chumps. They, you know, they're not important. To President Trump, he's the whole reason that he ran for office. And he's the whole reason for which he's carrying on this campaign, so that your vote can mean something. So that your vote doesn't get wiped out by a hundred thousand fraudulent, meaningless paper ballots that no one gets to observe. So we are going to continue the lawsuit here. We're going to bring a second one, and then we're going to bring a federal lawsuit. And we're going to take a very good look at whether we bring this nationally. We certainly are going to bring it here and in Wisconsin. Quite possibly, we'll do a national lawsuit and really expose the corruption of the Democrat Party. But this is beyond anything I've ever seen before. This comes when you think you have so much power and you own the media that you can do anything you want. Well, sorry, we're going to fight for the people. We're going to vindicate their right. And the ultimate result is President Trump has won Pennsylvania. I've never heard of a count where you're ahead by 400,000 with 80 plus percent counted. And they haven't called it for you yet. They called California the moment it came, the polls closed. How many votes do you have to be ahead to win, for a Republican to win here? 
How many votes do we have to be ahead? 400,000 is not enough? With 80-plus percent counted? I think there's only 14% of the vote to go. Do you think we're stupid? you think we're fools? You know something? The Democrats do think you're stupid, and they do think you're fools, and that's why you get called deplorable and chumps. It's over. We're going to stick with this. We're going to win this election. We've actually won it. Just a matter of counting the votes fairly. So I'd like to ask the former Attorney General of Florida, Pam Bondi, to explain what's been going on at the polling places, which is just as dastardly and just as criminal. No, I don't have uh, the audio from her. And the way we'll do our roundtable here, I got my own comments, and then we'll uh, do the roundtable. And what we'll do is uh, first we'll bring it over to you, Kelly, since we did. Uh, you know, and you, you were nice enough to go ahead and let Tom uh, get back in line uh, with his comments. And so we'll do yourself first, uh, and then we'll bring it back up to uh, the order which people called in. So that means Joseph, you'll have an opportunity uh, to chime in on it, uh, then you, Michael, and then we'll bring it back to you to Tom, and then we'll, we'll further discussion, you know, on this audio, okay? And so, Giuliani mentioned, and, 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 and Tom, you, 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 you may mention of the count, is that no one is contending, at least not, not audio that I, that, I, that I heard or we heard, is that they're not contending that these votes weren't counted. They're not even saying that, you know, who they went to. They don't know who they went to is what he's contending. It's like they weren't observed, which they were supposed to be, and they weren't. And so one of the things that people need to keep, keep it to tell uh, let you know, they come in heavily Democrat places, which I find it interesting that only happened, the Maryland votes only happened for, from the de- highly, de- uh, highly Democrat uh, counties. But remember, when you had Trump rallies, even in these Democrat states, 20 25% of those that attended Trump rallies, Democrats. They, they stated themselves as Democrats. 20, 25% of the people that attended Trump rallies and Trump with the, these states were Democrats. So if you look at the math, let's say in Pennsylvania, for instance, when I seen the count, I actually, it was about a 600,000 vote advantage for Trump, which like was like 71% left or something like that, 81 so let's say there's two million Philadelphia. We mentioned Philadelphia. Let's say there's two million, uh, two million votes. They said there was actually 1.9 million dollars. I mean, million dollars. 1.9 million votes, right? So you're, you know. So let's say, and they've been counting all night that most of, you know, the mail-in vote was like a 60-40 split. 60 go to Biden, 40 going to Trump. So if you're up, let's use two million from easy math. So we're talking about, you know, if it's you got what, like 1.2 million votes, okay? You know, for uh, so Trump's already 600,000 votes up in Pennsylvania, and you, if you take 60 percent, you know, of you know, I'm just doing quick math here. I think 60 you percent know, of two million is like what 1.2 million. So you're talking about a 600,000. Okay, you talk about 600,000, right? Uh, the advantage at that point for Biden. Well, guess what? If it's been 40, okay, if it's been 40% of those mail-in ballots going to, to Trump, well, then that gave him 800,000. 
which after that makes Pennsylvania a thousand more votes than Biden. And again, this is just, you know, these maps with the numbers that we were giving, we were given all night. Oh, it's about 60-40 split. So even with doing that rough kind of math, even these Democrat counties like Pennsylvania, and remember, here's another key thing with Pennsylvania, fracking. I mean, fracking when when Biden stated, oh wait, he, he's gonna he's gonna pay, he's gonna get rid of it. We'll 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 count it out or whatever he said during the debate. Okay, and then he lied about it. Obviously, lied about it. And so, even if you go by the numbers, you know, you go by fracking. Who is to say that you could have, uh, you know, all you know, all these folks from with all I just stated, you could have all these folks who are they're all going to go to Biden? Uh, I don't know about that. And then also remember, and to reiterate this before I bring Kelly in, is that this is what they're trying, and this is with our about the elites trying to move and to steal the election. And I think it brings us closer to being like China because one of the things that you heard from the clip in this segment, we're talking about this audio clip, okay, and the contents therein, okay. And so they want one party rule. They want the, the, the Democrats want to you know just have the the country just run by Democrats, and and he said. You know, they own the media, and they do, and we know it. Okay, they own the media. So it basically looks, looks like China to me. You have one state commun- – the Chinese Communist Party, and you have the state-run media there in China who, who – you know, who's a propaganda arm just like, the, just like the mainstream media here is. So no wonder these people like Biden and his family are in bed with China. They're trying to do what – remember, and they're trying to do what Obama said he wanted to do when he was president, and that is to fundamentally transform America. And guess what they want to transform – to fundamentally transfer America? Looks like me. They want to transform – you know, fundamentally transform America to look like China. That's what I say. And let's go ahead and I'll uh, one by one open up the mics to get your comments. And again, we'll start with you, Kelly. Uh, so, Kelly, you, you know, heard the audio. We've, we've I've gone over again some rough math. We've heard before that, you know, in these Trump rallies, which people are attending by the tens of thousands, okay, and they're saying it can comprise twenty to twenty-five percent of Demo- uh, uh, being Democrat. And then you also have, yeah, it might have been Philadelphia, which is a known Democrat stronghold, but of course. Look, you know him getting Biden getting rid of fracking. How that's going to affect you know their families? So who's to say that all these you know all these people in Pennsylvania, I mean Philadelphia in Pennsylvania, are going to vote Democrat? But what, what's your thoughts, Kelly? Oh, there are many topics on the table right now, and I did watch Giuliani's live speech today in Pennsylvania, and again, being with the national. Uh, election integrity, election transparency organization, watch the vote. I was elated that Trump has the balls and Giuliani is on top of it. He even mentioned the corruption in New York and he's seeing all the hints. And real quick, Kelly, real quick. Philadelphia. Real quick. And, and, real quick and, and say all you want about say all you want about Trump, you know, and the in the Republican Party. Let me tell you something. Trump finally he talked about balls, you know, but I'll, I'll say backbone's fine. The Republican Party, including Mitch McConnell, had no spine before Trump got elected. I mean, seriously, they would continually count to the Democrats until, you know, 
uh, until Trump got elected. Go ahead, Colin. Oh, I agree. I mean, Trump has really set an example for the Republican Party to have a spine. And finally, you know, bam, what are the problems? Let's address them. Let's get it done. Let's solve it. Let's go. So that's great in Trump's nature. And he's not going to give up. He's not going to concede. He's going to fight this. So well, and real looking quick, at real Wisconsin. Quick, Kelly, I'm sorry for interrupting you again. I just want to get this out. A report here from Maricopa Election Center. Uh, this is about um, – about 40 minutes ago, a large crowd of protesters uh, gathering in front of Maricopa Election Center. Go ahead. Good. We, we need that. We need to start doing this. We oh. need to get in front of those media centers like CNN, MSNBC, and all those other places. We need to protest to them saying, quit lying to us and quit hiding the truth. Go ahead, Kelly. I know I keep interrupting. You know I hate to do that. I apologize, but I've just seen this on Twitter, so I, I wanted to get that out. Go ahead. Well, the election isn't over yet. The county, su- the county election officials have to certify it, and the county supervisors have to certify it, a.k.a. county commissioners, other states. So you know, it ain't over yet, and I knew this, and that's why I slept in this morning. I'm doing election integrity work many, many, many days before the election. I'm just tired, so I slept in this morning. Anyway, so we look at Wisconsin and Michigan – and I believe it was Michigan that had all of a sudden 200,000 votes come in, and they all went to Biden. Now, isn't that a little bit suspicious? All of them. Wisconsin had this – there's a graph. Boom, boom, big just straight line up the graph. They have this – as the votes are coming in over time, you got the red, you got the blue line, okay, and all of a sudden, cha-bam, straight up blue in Wisconsin. What the heck's going on here? So – it's mind-blowing. There's, and this is important, okay? I know it's a little petty thing, but it's very important. There's voter fraud and there's election fraud. Voter fraud is when, you know, you sign up to vote twice, and you do. That's individual. It's a very small impact. I'm not worried about voter fraud. I'm worried about election fraud. Election fraud on a, on a mass scale where um, I was watching other um, – things going on in Pennsylvania, where at 2 in the morning, people are dragging Santa Claus bags into the election center of the county, or they're bringing literally ice chests. They're wheeling an ice chest in, and what the hell? And they go, they go into a back room where there's no cameras, no glass windows, just a closed secret room. That's election fraud where on a mass scale, on a mass scale, you're printing ballots, you're stuffing ballots, you're changing people's votes, you're doing all sorts of things. It's like, uh, yeah, well, let's look at motive for a minute. Okay, let's just look at motive. What does the left believe? And I, I know I have friends that are left. I called a friend uh, election night. He's in Washington, D.C., works for the federal government. And I'm like, hey – Convince me to vote for Biden because I haven't voted yet. (laughs) Anyway, we're still friends, even though he voted for Biden. That's fine. But, you know, there is motive. And what's the motive? Fear. Fear, 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 fear. Oh, we're so afraid. Some of these people on the left believe that Donald Trump is the second coming of Adolf Hitler. My own daughter votes for Biden. I know. No, they believe it. See, it's not what I believe. It's what 
they believe, and, and I'm observing their actions, they're from. My daughter voted for Biden. I'm like, okay, you're in college. I get that. Okay, fine. You know, still my daughter. I love you. Okay. My daughter yeah. did. Okay. So, she voted for Trump. But go ahead. I feel for you. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, congratulations. Shout out to Ohio for going Trump. Okay. Thank you. So, so when you combine Solinsky's, the ends justifies the means. He was a devout communist, obviously. Studied, <laughs> studied Lenin, Karl Marx. Okay. Oh, my gosh. How do we do this? Fear, 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 fear. Trump is the second coming of Adolf Hitler. Okay, so then the ends justifies the means. Saul Alinsky, lie, cheat, steal, flip the vote. Stalin himself said the people voting do not count as much as the people counting the vote. And so Trump is absolutely right. And again, he's got a backbone or balls if you're a redneck. He's got the balls to call it. Okay. Okay. So great. This is you know this is a great leader we have. We ever go to war. Okay, so he's calling it. Lawsuits are flying. I predicted it. Well, I slept in this morning because I knew this was going to take weeks. I know it's going to take weeks to sort out all the lawsuits and blah, blah, blah. Probably end up in the Supreme Court. SCOTUS is going to look at things. Okay. Hopefully they have standing. Oh, wait. No, you don't have standing. Oh, really? Okay. Appeal. Appeal, appeal, appeal. SCOTUS. So that was brilliant political strategy to get Barrett on the Supreme Court instead of the Four four, we got one more. Um, well, they uh, probably knew they definitely were going to need it. They knew this crap was going on. Uh, going to happen. Yeah. Well, well, why do you think? Why do you think the left didn't want Barrett on there? Because it's one more vote mm-hmm. in the Supreme Court. It's so frustrating. Okay. So I'm we have these of, problems. Uh, uh, Roberts. Right. So, well, Roberts, he's a swing vote here and there. Anyway, so. We have this situation that we are now presented with. What are we going to do about it? Well, we already cast our ballots, but um, lots of voters working on a survey. What was your election experience? What was your problems? Um, a friend told me he went to vote yesterday right when the polls opened. Guess what? He was not even registered. This is in California. I live in California. Hey, Tom, uh, I'm glad you're on the phone, but I'm, I'm, we're both stuck in Hotel California. Anyway, but my friend and his wife, they have been voting there for 20 years. They go primary, special election, whatever. Oh, he had been registered. He wasn't registered to vote. And there was a bunch of people that had that same problem. They were not registered to vote. Yes, they've been registered for like 15, 5, 10, 15 years. Oh, spam. Somebody threw them off the voter rolls. California's a a mess as far as the voter registration system. Anyway, and you can have your vote nullified if you're not registered to vote. Oh, wait, I was, but somebody hacked the computer and spam. Uh, since you're not registered, we cannot take your vote. Yeah, it's wacky. It's weird. And we look at California. We're mostly agrarian. California has enormous agriculture. And you're telling me that we're a blue state? This is this is mind-blowing. So they've obviously fixed and messed up. I, I'm predicting that between now and January 20th, um, there are going to be a number of people indicted, arrested, and to be prosecuted for election fraud all over the country. 
Now, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's suppose he got indicted and arrested, but Biden is president. It's called presidential pardon. These people have really thought through how to have a coup upon the United States by messing with the elections. Oh, by the way, Monday night, and we'll spend more time on this later. Monday night, I walked up to – actually in the afternoon. Monday afternoon, I walked right up to a vote-counting machine here in Siskiyou County, California. I walked right up to it, i.e. I could have hacked it. We'll get into that later. Well, luckily, I had an officer with church with me because, well, I called him. We met. We walked in, and I walked right up to the vote-counting machine. I could have hacked it. We should get into that later, but there are so many – Vulnerabilities, that's the best phrase I can come up with, with our election system, either vote by mail, how many hands touch your belt, how many hands ended up in dumpster. Oh, that's right, reported in Kentucky and Pennsylvania that ballots are being found in dumpsters. Now, there are many, many vulnerabilities, and that is why we are in the mess right now. I've been an election integrity activist since 2012, actually 2000. There are so many vulnerabilities, and who would take advantage of the vulnerabilities? Those who want to cheat and control your life instead of letting the public decide from their honest vote. So I, I'm just like, ah! okay, frustrating. But I want to, I want to hear more from our other guests, and I can get into my concerns later. But there are so many vulnerabilities. What did you expect? I told you, Robert, I, on the show, I've said this several times. Between our election, mm-hmm. January 20th, we're going to be in for a rough ride. That's because I have a pulse. Merry Christmas. What's going right? on? <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. So, I mean, hey, po- talk about politics at Thanksgiving, and you're going to save money on Christmas gifts. Okay. <laughs> well, we, we, right. well, well, we can't because if the Democrats have their way, then we're not going to be able to have Thanksgiving with our families. Yeah, well, okay. Well, I I want to hear from other people. I'm just going to – I just want to hear from other people. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to you, Joseph, uh, and then uh, we, we've got uh, Michael after that, and then we'll bring it back to Tom, and then we'll uh, you know move on probably, Kelly, to what you want to talk about with uh, you know your experiences with the, uh, the voter fraud. Yeah, we've had uh, – I remember in 2016 when it looked like they were going to try to do something electronically – I think Watch the Vote USA was uh, instrumental in actually keeping that kind of stuff from happening. We can maybe talk more about that. But uh, go ahead, uh, Joseph. Uh, welcome back. Uh, pleasure to be back. Uh, I think Mike uh, addressed the elephant in the room about what the real problem uh, is uh, with this election. Uh, and, and one thing I want to introduce is in the beginning of the evening – Trump was leading by the popular vote. I was like, OMG. Not only was he killing it with these red states, but he was way ahead in in the popular vote. And I actually thought, wow, if he wins the electoral college and the popular vote, liberals aren't going to be able to say a lick about that, especially Hillary Clinton who continues to whine like a baby and saying she won the popular vote when we all know the popular vote was given to her by California. Another thing, another observation is Alaska has not been called 
One of the deepest yeah, red states, they're saying because of the mail-in voting that was implemented uh, for this election cycle, that there's, they don't have enough boots on the ground, enough poll workers mm-hmm. to go through it in a time-efficient manner. And with 70% of the vote in, Trump is leading by over 35 points. Um, Dan Sullivan, the incumbent senator, is leading by a massive margin, and they still haven't called it. Uh, you know, you know when Alaska has not been called, and in previous elections, they're one of the very uh, first states. Well, they, they closed last in polling, but they, they, they're always decided right then and there, even though they have three electoral votes because it's a deep red state. You know something is wrong. With that picture. They called Hawaii right away. (laughs) They called Hawaii right away. Exactly. Um, And so Mike definitely addressed the elephant in the room. Look, nobody gave Donald Trump a chance in hell in 2016 to win. And the pollsters, they they need to find another, another trade because the pollsters have not got it right in all major races since 2012. They have not gotten it right, and they didn't get it right in 2012. They didn't get it right in 2014. They didn't get it right in 2016. They definitely didn't get it right in 2020. Uh, one poll had Biden up by 17 points in Michigan. Another poll two days ago had uh, Biden uh, winning Florida by five points and had Trump down in Ohio by three points. All the polls were wrong. Even all the polls that have come out on Susan Collins from Maine since January of this year, every major poll said when it came to November, she would lose her seat. What does that tell us, ladies and gentlemen? Polls have been for quite a while no longer a reliable source. They're not reliable. Because Trump has defied the polls. He has galvanized the uh, Latino vote in ways that nobody ever imagined he could do. And as Mike explained, he's not a Republican. He never was. He never will be. He's a populist. But because we only have a two-party system, the only way that he could get elected to the presidency is he had to run under the banner of the Republican Party. With the Senate, the, the, the Dems poured millions and millions and hundreds of millions in dollars, especially for Lindsey Graham's seat, Mitch McConnell's seat. Right. What do they think was going to happen? You know why? Because they relied on their polls, and their polls told them they didn't have to campaign hard in certain precincts or they didn't have to knock on doors. The polls got it wrong. And they poured hundreds of millions of dollars, and still Lindsey Graham won. Uh, he held his seat. Mitch McConnell did. Um, we're going to have a runoff uh, for the two Senate seats in Georgia uh, because the law there is if if, if you get uh, 50% or below both candidates and it's an automatic runoff in January. Uh, and, and we're still waiting for uh, Tom Tillis' race still has not been called. That is dubious. His race has still not been certified. They still haven't called it. And you still have you know, Dan uh, Sullivan in limbo. 
and, and remember, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. And then I'll bring it back to you because I interrupted. Sorry, but and then, and then I want to get your take on the uh, the audio clip, is especially the part where you know they said they're supposed to be able to observe, but they didn't. Uh, but anyway, is that you know with with um, you know Michigan, I think the, the the Senate race there. I don't know if that was you know if that was called yet. Um, when you know you had um, it was like his first time ever running, and he was I can't remember I'm, I'm trying to think of Harris I think was his name. Uh, and then of course you know, it's like you know you know when you talk about calling the election, and then you see that race you know with Michigan, it's it's, it's unbelievable. But what's your thoughts? Um, you know, with I mean, again you know it was supposed to be where they're supposed to, and I think that's a big part of this. They're supposed to observe. The, 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 these mail-in ballots, and we should have seen, remember, with these mail-in ballots take it so long, is that, you know, it took New York, what, six weeks? I mean, the, the whole mail-in ballot thing was a bad idea in the first place, you know. And, but, I mean, look how long it took for, uh, what, a congressional seat? It, it, I think if my memory is restricted, but it's a month now. But in New York, look how long it took for them to figure that one out, you know, and, you know, so it, it, it was a, again. It was a bad. It was, it was a bad. Uh, it was a bad decision, and I think I really do. I think it was meant to be set up like this, especially when you have Giuliani, and I'll bring it back to you, uh, Joseph. Then we'll bring in Tom. Is because yeah, I mean, like, we just have all these votes, and then people can't observe them like you're supposed to. Go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, actually, uh, the the Senate uh, candidate is James, and he did lose. James. He did lose by a one percent margin. Absolutely, he did well, lose. Uh, they they did say he that. lost, right? Yeah. They said he lost exactly. And so here's what I would allude to. Okay, so let's say hypothetically Tom's Tom's argument is correct, right? Let's say that um, the premise of his of his uh, argument is is correct. Then why would there be a need to not allow well, I mean, the poll workers Mike to observe? Time. Right, right. I'm, uh, uh, I, I meant Tom. My apologies. So yeah. So let's just say Tom's argument is correct. Let's say that. Let 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 let's just give the benefit of the doubt on that one and on a hypothetical. Then why would you have the need to not allow the poll workers to observe? Why would you stop the count? Uh, in uh, especially in uh, Georgia, in Fulton County. Why would you keep on telling the viewers that we're going to have a call by 3, 4 o'clock, and then it keeps on getting extended? And by the way, a Wisconsin law states that if a candidate loses by 1% or less, it's an automatic recount. So Trump allegedly has lost the state of Wisconsin by 22,000 votes. That's an automatic recount. That he does not lose in a court of law. And it, 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 I think it would hold up in Michigan about not allowing the poll workers to observe it. So if they have it's, nothing it's to hide – It's not like maybe Nevada too. Right. Why are their actions so dubious? It, does, it doesn't make any sense, right? If, if, if the votes are continuously coming in and that's the delay, then, then what is the excuse with the poll workers? Uh, you know, so, so a lot of things are not still adding up and, and, and jiving with that. And you got to understand, Democrats, they warned that this was going to be the case. They, they didn't try to hide it. 
they warned that they were going to do everything to skew the election. Uh, as Hillary said, because they got immediate the facts about. Do up. not concede. Exactly. Do not concede under any circumstances. That's how dangerous this left party has become. They didn't even try to hide it. They made it clear what their intentions was by expanding mail voting in, in states that's never been implemented, such as New York and many other states. They didn't try to hide it, and that's why Trump was ready, because the enemy was stupid. The enemy, you never tell the opposition. You never give away the, 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 your secrets to the opposition. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of Obama on his foreign policy, when he would actually say when he was going to, you know, have military exercises or oh, when he was going to take action. Yeah, it reminds me of Obama, and it was like, uh, you know, Trump came into office, and a big argument was you don't warn your enemies when you're going to attack. That's how you lose. And so the Dems, you know, kind of threw that card out there for months, and that's why Trump was ready for it. So he did everything right in the campaign strategy. He has the best legal team surrounded around him, and this is a 2000 scenario in which this is not pie in the sky. You know, he's not just bringing up felonious uh, legal matters to the Supreme Court and to the other state Supreme Courts in the state of Michigan and Wisconsin because he's upset that he didn't win. No, this is Donald Trump. Uh, he, he wants to make sure that he is protecting the integrity of the election, and he has the best legal team around him, and they mean business. And I'll leave you with one more thing. Uh, you know, this is fuzzy math. If you want to go back to George W. Bush on behalf of the Dems, this is fuzzy. Well, that's well, I didn't thought he was uh, running against. <laughs> go ahead. Exactly. And I'll leave you one more point that I want to bring back to 2000. You were mentioning that the protesters were outside the voting where they're counting the votes in Maricopa County. Well, remember what I said at the beginning of the show where the Gore team went wrong. Remember when the Bush had their activists and their protesters, and they were almost bombarding uh, the polling station where they were counting the chads when they were doing the recount. And they, 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 they convinced the police officers to let it in, claiming they were going to do a peaceful protest. Before you know it, they're banging on the window. It was called psychological intimidation. And a lot of people said, Gore, you've got to get your people on the ground to counter-protest this. And like I said at the beginning of the show, Gore said, I'm afraid if, if, if we clash with them and blood spills in the streets, well, I can't have that on my conscience. That's not how an American election is supposed to be. Wow. Who would have ever thought that would have came out of the mouth of a, of, of, of a progressive? You would never think, right? And, and I'll defer back to you, Robert. Well, and then I misspoke earlier. I'm going to have Mike on and then, and then you, Tom. And one of the things um, – well – you talk about blood in the streets. I mean, it might be time for this. Cry havoc and let's put the dogs of war. <laughs> I got that from a Star Trek movie. Um, I was like, because I mean, I, that, that's that's how I, that's how I felt after last night. It's like, look, I mean, it, it, we are. I really think we're in a war here. We really are. And I've been saying for a long time for any people who are long-term listeners here. Is they know I've been saying, look, we better be careful because we're headed towards, and I really mean it, I've, I meant it. We are heading towards a civil war, and I'm not, and I'm not saying you know, maybe as bloody as as it was back, you know, 
then and the first one. But I'm telling you, we're headed there. I think we are. And I, unfortunately, you know, I hope that – I mean, I don't think – I'm hoping that that ain't what it takes, so to speak. But, I mean, tell, I tell you what, I mean, the, the way our government – which and I'm going to bring in uh, after this, Mike, is that for 80 years – and remember that – remember around – I don't know why they – around Christmas time they play, you know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Maybe the film was made around Christmas time or something. I don't know. But that movie was made in the 40s. And they were talking about the corruption of Washington, D.C. America's been complaining about the corruption of Washington, D.C. for at least 80 years. We finally get a president that says, yeah, I'm going, to clean, I'm going to drain the swamp. I'm going to get rid of all this corruption. And then he works towards doing it, including the corruption that's within our FBI. And we got people, we got a media, a state-run, what I call a state-run media, controlled by the Democrat Party, by one party in our system, much like China, okay, that have convinced a big portion of the American people. It's unbelievable. And, and I mean, we talk about, you know, the hate. It's the media that's been fomenting the hate in this country. But let's go ahead and bring it over uh, for your comments and all, on all that, Mike, uh, Michael, and then on, you know, the audio, what, what they're talking about. It's like, look, we're not saying that the votes, were, the votes may or may not have been counted. They were supposed to have been observed, and they weren't. And so who, who's to say, you know, all these things, especially if there's I, – I see somewhere, and I, I want to see the veracity of this, where someone's like – it was like 100, 128,000 uh, votes, and they were all for Biden. I mean, I do, I mean I'll be honest. I do need to look more into that if that's actually, you know, the case is, um, you know – I have to find it hard to believe, and then and then also with the being six hundred thousand in Pennsylvania. I mean, you really think? Anyway, we already went over the math for that. Let's go ahead and uh, bring Michael back in, and then we got you, uh, Tom. Then we'll bring things back around. Uh, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, thanks, Robert. Um, oh, you're welcome. Well, I think you're right. I think that we are um, the the outcome of this election, and. You know the finer details of of the of the election fraud is going to be played out in the courts at this point, but I don't think that's for the the real you know real real war I would say is ninety ninety nine percent cultural, whether it's legal warfare as you saw in twenty twenty i mean in, in two thousand, which is somewhat what the Bush operatives like George Schultz and others that played a key role in that in that Bush campaign. Um, they knew to play psychological warfare in that in that Florida recount process. The difference today is that Trump has actually built an army. And he said this. There was a White House press conference during those coronavirus press conferences later in the series of them where he was asked about why he keeps talking about vote fraud and the mail-in ballots. He says, I'm taking this to the population. I'm taking this to the rallies. I'm taking this to the people. Um, because he knew that if you're going to win this, it's going to be because he's, he's threatening these elites who have run the mother operation, an attempted legal, you would call it a legal coup, coup or a legal coup, a bureaucratic coup, uh, with the Mueller operation tied directly to the whole Russiagate, Brennan, Clapper, Dear Love operations, 
They tried the impeachment. And then soon after impeachment was gone, you had the coronavirus. And it's definitely suspect of how all this played out. But regardless of where the virus, its origins, it was exploited from the very beginning. Um, that uh, Trump has built an army that if they want to threaten this, because, and the army is what? What we saw in like Miami-Dade County, where um, Trump the last time took something in the high 30s. This time he was in nearly the high 40s, largely shifting black and Hispanic votes. We saw the Hispanic vote shift significantly in some cases. Um, he broadened the spectrum. Of what? Of who? Of, of kind of the, the, the MSNBC watchers? By no means. I mean, I don't think many blacks and Hispanics watch MSNBC, but certainly not the ones coming out for Trump because these are working class voters. What you're actually seeing play out, ironically enough, is almost a class warfare. The working class, the productive classes, the people involved in the manufacturing, the industry, the energy sector, the farm sector, the small businesses, the small trades, the productive members of society are the ones Trump is mobilizing. The ones that don't believe that some kind of four-year college degree is you know, somehow a, you know, a, a direction into J.P. Morgan and the banking community or something. They don't want to even pursue that route. They don't have those kinds of particular ambitions. In doing so, he's rebuilding the Lincoln Coalition. That's what you saw from the Republican convention. That's the threat. Because for, I would say, 75 years, since the Dulles brothers and Truman and the whole process was controlled then, certainly since the assassination of John Kennedy, because prior to that you had Eisenhower, and there were some aspects, we all know, the military-industrial complex reference that Trump himself has made, a sitting president, not at the end of his eight years. A sitting president has threatened the very fascist complex Eisenhower warned of, and that essentially killed Kennedy. So for 50 years, we've been dealing with this, maybe almost 60 now, um, this operation. So the tenacity and toughness of this president is practically a miracle. And to Kelly's point, that he has some people around him who are willing to fight, like Giuliani. And they deployed them. He called it out. He came out at 2.30 in the morning last night and called it out. Mm -hmm. um, it and, was and, just and critical. which we'll, we're going to talk about next. Say it again? I said, and, and, and Trump, when he did his little uh, his small speech last night, was misquoted, not, by, not just by uh, the liberals, but some – so-called conservatives as well, but we're going to talk about that next. Okay, sure, yeah. So the point is, is that um, the the question of what we're dealing with is a possible, a threatened third American revolution. Lincoln led the second one. Trump is clearly leading a potential third one. And it comes down to very clear psychological warfare tactics. If they are able to steal this election, half of this country, its most productive people, 
not the bankers, not the real estate agents, not the people in Hollywood, not the people in Silicon Valley, not all the people that have been kind of ideologically brainwashed that buy into you know, man-made climate change is our greatest problem. You know, Trump says, I think nuclear war is a bigger problem, a bigger threat than climate change. A, a truer statement could not be stated. Um, but the more productive people, if you disenfranchise them, which was Trump's point in his speech, you will, you will create the conditions where there will be no trust and the only recourse that people will have will be something beyond electoral means. Now, that's, that's a very dangerous place to be. We are at the precipice. Because no matter if, if, no matter even if the vote was real, even if the vote was real, the kind of corruption, which is not, it's just not, it's a fraud vote. It's election fraud throughout all these swing states and manipulations. But even if, it, even if they decided to be fair on the election day, the gross level of corruption by the media, on the Biden laptop story is one example. What Trump did on the coronavirus, look at Operation Warp Speed. Look at the vaccine. You had a, a, a scientist here. Tom might know this. There's a, I'm, I'm in Oakland. But there's a, there was a doctor at University of California, San Francisco. He says, I hate to say this, but it's almost shocking how successful this vaccine program has been. It's absolutely incredible. He built ventilators. He built, he built hospitals. Not one person died without a ventilator in the United States. That's incredible. We had, and I think it's worth referencing this. People remember in that second debate, Biden's warning of a dark winter. Well, there is a thing mm -hmm. called Operation Dark Winter. It was run in the summer of 2000, 2000 or 2001. And it was specifically the use of smallpox and anthrax. Yeah, it was the summer of 2001. The deployment of anthrax and smallpox into the United States. And what did they find when they ran that war game? They found that we had no stockpile, which if we had any, Obama used it in H1N1. We had no hospital capacity. We had no staffing capacity. They knew all of this. We had a testing capacity of 3,000 a day. We're now doing a million a day. We should be able to do 10 million, 30 million, 50 million a day. We should have that kind of capacity. We could do 3,000 a day based on the national CDC influenza testing capacity. It was pathetic. Fauci's insane. He's an incompetent swamp bureaucrat who probably messed up the, the AIDS response back in 85. And he should have been gone a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But what Trump did to mobilize these questions is unprecedented. The level of media corruption the level of destruction and the just blatant corruption of the Biden campaign. People are going to lose confidence in the actual process of the United States political discourse, the so-called public town square. They're going to lose confidence in that. But I think we've got to, this war is 99% cultural. I think we can mobilize it, mobilize it effectively. Kelly mentioned it's going to take weeks. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't take that long. Hopefully they can pursue the vote in Pennsylvania. I saw a very clear breakdown. Even if Biden took 90, 95% of the votes near Philly, he'd still have to take 70 to 75% of the votes elsewhere to, to fill the gap. It's not going to happen. They can lock in Pennsylvania. 
if they don't allow the corruption to continue. And I think they can pull out Arizona. Um, but, I, I wanted to uh, ask you a question. Oh, can I can I ask me? you a question? Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, Mike. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mike, 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 Mike. Okay, That's sorry. Right. Okay, what happens to the trust of our long-standing institutions? And I mean our and, government. And before he, and, and Kelly, before he answers that, a couple things. Uh, one is uh, Tom just dropped the call. We we're going to get out, give him an opportunity to come in. Of course, the, the, the during our roundtable discussion here, but he, he has dropped. So we, you know, we definitely appreciate him coming in. But uh, I, I guess he didn't want to continue on with uh, with that. I don't know, but maybe he had to get off. But hopefully, we'll hear from Tom again. Uh, but also, a programming note: this is the real reason I, well, the second, but the biggest reason I chimed in is that do not let your mics uh, drop or your phones or whatever disconnect after the next three minutes. That if you so, uh, so you will not be able to uh, call back in. So I just want to give that little programming note. The, the, the show will still go on. It's just in a welcome lightweight to the chat. But the lightweight since you're out there, you may want to call in in the next two minutes at 347-945-7428 because if you do not, you will not be able to listen to the uh, Bard's Logic After Dark for the next hour, That will, which is also recorded and part of the archive. Uh, but thank you very much, Kelly, for letting me interject uh, with that programming note, and uh, go ahead. Okay, let me ask a question of Mike, because he sounds pretty. He sounds pretty sound. Okay, so we have had long-standing government institutions that protect our liberties and our freedoms, and from that we have prosperity and freedom. Okay, when an election is compromised. How much distrust will grow towards our government institutions? If we have sorry, a compromise, sorry, that's, that's that the question? is that the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me repeat yeah. it another way. If we have absolute doubt, left, right, right, left, whatever, upside down, down, forward, whatever. Okay, if the people have amazing doubt of the election results. Will this produce dist, distrust in our government institutions? Well, I mean, I think we're, like I said, we're on a precipice that is unprecedented. We're already, I think we all know on this call and everyone listening, we are on unprecedented times. Um, I mean, there's a whole world kind of dynamic that's, reflective very much of what's happening. Look at the European Union. I mean, it's practically a revival of the Habsburg Empire. Um, uh, and perhaps worse. Uh, it's like the Nazis won. It's practically like the Nazis won in Europe today. Um, the, what happens here? You know, I don't know. I think what we have to find out is because Trump is such a fighter, as you mentioned, we have, we have someone who can lead. And that alone, Trump understands the principle of leadership. I, I see his, he's rough around the edges, to put it one way. You can put it a lot of different ways. He's from Queens, whatever. You can put it different ways. But he understands the principle of leadership. That can be, that can make the difference. That can make the, you might call the miracle difference. You know, how we won the American Revolution. 
You know, it's funny. Where did Trump give his first speech in Pennsylvania on was it Saturday? Yeah, the Saturday he did four Pennsylvania speeches. The first speech on Saturday was at the farmhouse in Pennsylvania on the western side of the Delaware River, where Washington had his headquarters prior to the crossing on Christmas night. And I can't, I mean, there's a few, I'm not a big guy on symbolism. But the, 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 when he walked to the church, St. John's, with the Bible, I felt like he was giving, I thought that I liked that message. Basically, we're coming for you, you effing Satanists, because that's what he's up against. I think the Q phenomenon has got some credibility on that question. But then this question of Delaware, the Delaware crossing by Washington, Trump understands that principle that you just have to be willing to get out there and lead at a critical crisis and people will follow. And so I think that's a critical point. I have no idea. I think that if this, if they're actually able, if the Supreme court say weighs in, let's run one hypothetical, say the Supreme court weighs in and Kavanaugh and Roberts swing with the liberals and and the swamp creatures that they are. And you see a vote to basically bring in a Biden Harris based on a Supreme court vote after all this corruption is exposed in different ways. I think it's going to you're going you're you're potentially going to see a mobilization of tens of millions of Americans going to Washington. And I would I would I might call I would might be someone calling for that. Because we oh, cannot allow this. We cannot allow this to happen. But right now we, we've got a chance we cannot, to Yeah, we we cannot allow the uprooting of our long-standing government institutions, which has brought us peace, freedom, and prosperity. We cannot uproot, we cannot allow the uprooting of our government institutions, and that is what the left and George Soros is doing. Look at Portland. Right. Look at Seattle. This is what right. they're doing. Casting they just doubt legalized. in the minds. They just, Right, yeah, they're, sorry, they're casting wanna... doubt by the vote. By the vote, it's by the vote. It's a questionable vote. Well, then Trump, you know, you were elected by the Russians, and therefore you're illegitimate. Look at all the problems. Look at all the tumultuous situations occurring because people didn't think Trump was an a duly elected president. This has been going on for four years now. This is how they're going to do it. They're going to undermine our institutions. By questioning the vote. Well, I think that I think I would put it. I think the Soros reference is absolutely right. In in Oregon, they just voted to legalize cocaine, heroin, crack, methamphetamines. They've legalized practically all drugs. But I I would say the one thing. Yeah, I'll just I'll just end on this. I think. Look, my sense of it is this: Trump, we're, we're 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 in biblical times. Right? These, are, these are the kinds of times that shape civilizations for 100, 500, 1,000 years. And the, it's, it's much like the, the, the challenge to King Solomon and, the, and, the, and who's the, the mother and the child. King Solomon's ch- the child. How do you determine who's the rightful, who's the rightful president? The entire left wing is intending to destroy the institutions of the country and to destroy large portions of the nation's population, if not the world. It's very clear they have no right 
to lead the country. And so I think that if, if we cannot solve this and mitigate this through litigation in the courts and just finding a pathway through places like Pennsylvania and Arizona, we're going to have to find a means, not protracted, not say, well, what do we do over the next four years? Right away, mm-hmm. now, to make sure that this process is stabilized and that it's very clear to the bureaucrats in Washington, President Trump has an army of tens of millions of Americans who are going to verify that his vote was accurate and he won. And I think that's where it's going to come, that those kinds of things, we're going to see unprecedented circumstances. And um, the fact that they're already mobilized in Maricopa, I think, is absolutely right. And I think, I think, but we've seen it, right? We've seen it over these last few months, the kind of mobilization spontaneous from demographics that just you wouldn't expect, but the 97-mile caravan in Arizona, the 4,000 cars in Long Island, there is a kind of process that if, if he calls for an army, uh, he'll have one. I mean, I'd go. I think a lot of people would. Oh, you and me both. Oh, yeah, I certainly would. No question. No question. I mean, how many times uh, – and I've got – how many times – and talk about unprecedented is – and I've been following politics for 40 years, and I've never seen a time, even with – even with Reagan, where you would go to a rally and you would hear the people at the rally saying, I love you, to the President of the United States, chanting, we love you, we love you, we love you. Never seen before. And so when you say he called out an army, army and I think he, he should, and I think he should call them out and say, look, they, they like protests. The left likes protests, and I'm saying doing any rioting or looting. I, I don't know if we need to take it, the violent point yet, but we need to get out there. And I say not only do they need to go to those different polling places and things of that nature where they're counting, supposedly counting these votes, is they need to go to CNN, the headquarters of CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NPR, you know, the New York Times, you know, the Washington Compost. They need to have people outside to say, look, we are tired of you lying to us. We are tired of you withholding the truth from us. For example, the, the, the Hunter Biden scandal. We're tired of this. And, and, we, and you, you need to be held accountable in whatever way the American people think they need to be held accountable. You know, but that is what we need to, uh, you know, allow. Now, one, a couple things, as I mentioned earlier, I want to bring up is our time winding down. Um, is that Trump's speech, and I mentioned this earlier, and I actually had to watch it twice to make sure that I wasn't, I wasn't misquoting anything when I was doing my tweets and stuff last night. But even Ben Shapiro misquoted him because he, he said, oh, well, Trump can't say, you know, he won and he, you know, and, 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 they, and, you know, and they can't say, you know, stop the voting. It's like, whoa, 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 I mean, stop the counting. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know it's late. But you guys need to pay attention. Two things. One, Trump never said to stop counting. He never said it. He said stop the voting because so, you, you can't vote anymore because it's, it's too late to vote. He said stop the, the voting. And when he said he, – he didn't say, oh, you know, I'm declaring victory. He said, in my mind, we won. You know, in my mind, we've, won, you know, we, we've already won. And he also – and then he also said we were winning. You know these states, 
So he never went out and played. And then, of course, he had, you know, it didn't last very long. So I think they, they knew they put their foot in their mouth, you know, because they knew, you know, they knew that they misspoke, they misspoke them. Now, one thing you mentioned that I, I'm a little shy on, uh, a, a little shy on, Michael, and, and let me bring this out. And my brother made a great point the other day, or maybe even this morning when he called me at 8.30 in the morning. When we talk about the vaccine, is that, you know, Operation Warp Speed, and, and here's my concern, is, you know, let's say Trump, Trump's not the one getting out the vaccine. It's going to be the companies. Let's say the companies cannot get it out by, the, by election, and let's say they are successful in stealing this election, which we get, unfortunately that it's a possibility. See, I don't – I mean, if, if this – you know, uh, my concern is, is that the – you know, because Biden said, and I've got an audio clip I, I might have some time to play. But basically, he was saying if he if he's elected, he's going to mandate everyone to take this virus, which I don't not you know I don't trust, especially when you mandate. And what he said is he would go to every governor, every mayor, and every city council person for them to find ways to basically make people take this virus. I'm not virus. Take this vaccine. And my brother made a point. He's like, you know, what, if, if they're going to mandate a a vaccine. And he's like, well, let's think of this. You have Microsoft, Bill Gates, Bill Gates, Microsoft guy, I guess. But why do you have a guy who is in computer software that is so involved in vaccines and wanting everyone to take them? Now, his contention, and I think it's at least a possibility, because I believe there's always possibilities, to quote uh, the great philosopher Spock. <laughs> but um, who's to say – now, this is his contention. I don't know if it's true or, or even the technology is there. He's like, look, who's to say that they won't put te- you know, nanotechnology into this vaccine and get everybody you know, to take it? And then who, who knows if it's not something where they could you know, set off that um, – that nan- those nanites or something. I mean, this might sound far-fetched, but why is someone – to computer systems, you know, and software, and I think even nanotechnology, and they're so involved with with vaccines. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that, uh, Michael? Oh, I mean, I think I, I I don't I wouldn't I mean Bill Gates is a genocidalist. Um, a lot of you know a lot of these these this elite is, and there's no other way to describe it. If you look at their world, their world picture. They intend to reduce world population by more than half. That's three and a half billion people. So I don't trust Bill Gates at all. Now, that doesn't mean I don't trust vaccines. Um, you know, vaccines go back to the how, how we developed a, called vaccines because of the use of, um, uh, you know, the smallpox process mm-hmm. that they were I able to, to use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so I don't. So the question is, I don't think you need to mandate anything. What I'm saying is that you create, a, you create an, a viability. You create a pathway. I don't think you have to mandate it. I think you have a lot of people in this country who are scared. You have a lot of people who are in their 70s, 75, and they'd like to live until they're 90, which I think is a wonderful thing. I don't, I don't ever want to be a culture pushing euthanasia, right, which you've got in right. some places in Europe and in the Northwest. So mm-hmm. 
I want people to live a long time. And so they're afraid. They're making sure they take their flu vaccines and flu shots. Good. We make it available. You push for scientific advancements. You, and, but the real reason people don't trust the process today is because they don't trust their government's commitment. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the government commitment today has been bought out by globalist interests pushing think, pushing hoaxes like man-made climate change to, with the intent to shut down energy, shut lower standard of living, and collapse life expectancy. And they've been doing it yep. now for 12 years in the United States. There, there, there's a 30 million person famine about to break out in Africa, if not already occurring. That's their intended effect. That's the system. That's the intended effect of their policies. You have to create a government committed to growth. The more this government and our policies, which is what why Trump is such a revolutionary figure, pushes for growth and development, then you create the conditions where people will grow and trust. But I think you make it voluntary. You have to. And some people will take it and some people won't. And that's okay. It, 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 still, it still helps solve some of the problems of something of spreading if it's, if it's highly contagious. Um, but, I mean, trusting Bill Gates, trusting the public health industry, tr- trusting the epidemiologists, nine out of ten of them are, are, are genocidal. The Lancet mm-hmm. magazine ran a massive diatribe attack on Donald Trump. The Lancet magazine is probably one of the leading pushers for, for kind of biological holocaust on the planet today. So is the Economist. I mean, it's it's hard. That one oh, one yeah, of the things the I think is yeah. one of the things that's worth noting maybe is you know w- the problem we face is a little bit of the naivety of the American people, which are quickly inoculated to the dangers we face. But there was a there was a great American writer Edgar Allan Poe, who spent a lot of his time writing what people think are kind of uh, dark stories. He had a good sense of humor too, but darker stories. But he was trying to educate the American people to understand the mindset of evil, of what a British, of what a British empire was at that time. This kind of the chattel slavery type of mindset that you would actually trade in human souls. And, as an, and that using, you know, turning people into beasts was your economic policy. That was your main profit source of a global economic system, turning human beings into, into beast-like creatures or treating them such. Um, that that kind of evil exists. And the problem we face is that the American people don't, I don't think, fully comprehend. Now, I think a lot of people look at Bill Gates now and see this. I think a lot of the QAnon people, they're starting to see these things. And I think that's mm-hmm. incredibly important. That's why I think we just have to now m- m- more and more. And that's why Trump's leadership quality, he never insults people, right? He never, he'll never, so he gets these questions like that NBC town hall on QAnon. And he'll never insult the Q people. Right. He never buys into the attacks because he knows these are hardworking Americans who see satanic culture. And they don't know what to do about it. Uh, it doesn't mean everybody's conspiracy is right, how they might formulate it, but what you're responding to is real. And um, I think we've just got to, mo- I think that's why there's such an army. 
and I think we've got to we've got to educate the American people on how we how we destroy this empire, how we destroy this genocidal system. Um, and it's it's two things. I think it's an economic system, a global economic system. It's also a cultural mindset, um, and we've got to we've got to give people a sense of that. But anyway, that's my view on the Bill Gates and the and the vaccine. Well, and then um, one thing I want to bring this uh, to you, Joseph, is that you know you bring up uh, Roberts, which I never trusted, but Kevin, Kevin all kind of surprises me. Uh, I mean, I mean, my gosh, Trump nominated the guy, and I mean, Trump really pushed and defended the guy, you know, against all the attacks. Now, Joseph, I mean, in your thought, why? I mean, why would he be basically a, be a turncoat of sorts? By and, and, and Trump, and not just Trump, America's time of need, and say, hey, look, we need you to, to be on our side in this. I mean, what would motivate him to turn, be a turncoat on, on Trump and, and side with you know, the likes of uh, Roberts? What, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, that kind of surprises me to hear that you know, he may be on the fence with Roberts. Robert? Yes. Uh, were you uh, – I'm sorry. I, I stepped away just for a second. Were you uh, – was it my turn? Yeah. yeah. Well, we're mentioning about Kavanaugh, and they're talking about maybe Kavanaugh siding with, you know, Justin Ro- Justice Roberts and the liberals on whether they're going to basically take the case, right, if it, get, if it gets to them. Now, I think uh, the Supreme Court wants – and I said this earlier – I think they want to see if they don't. That they don't want any part of it, and I think that they want to see if you know. And I think this is what the Dems are trying to do. Is I think they're going to try to see if they can find a path for Biden to win the election without uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. So I honestly with, think with my apologies. Yeah, why would Kavanaugh basically? Why would Kavanaugh basically be a turncoat to you know, but by siding with them to to Trump? With Trump, one, nominate him to, you know, a lifelong where he's probably going to be there 30, maybe 40 years. And he, and the way Trump defended him during all, you know, that harassment that he received during his confirmation process. Why why would he turn on Trump like that? I'm not sure, but I don't think this time he will. I think he knows that uh, the the soul of the country is at stake. I think, I think this is uh... – a game changer, and with the addition of uh, Justice uh, Amy Barrett, uh, I think Amy Barrett's going to do the right thing. And she uh, assured during the confirmation process that her job is to interpret the Constitution. Um, it's not to take sides. And so at the end of the day, um, this is not a Republican issue. This is a American issue. This goes to the integrity of the election. This is this is not a, a partisan issue. You you have a whole tent of disaffected Democrats who voted for Trump and disaffected Republicans who voted for Trump and Libertarians and Independents. You have a whole tent who voted for Trump. Like uh, like uh, um, Mike was saying, he has a whole army. He's amassed a whole army, and that's why he is that populist. So, you know, at the end of the day, the Supreme Court did the greatest injustice. And history will not bode well when we uh, look back to remember Chief Justice Roberts, because at the end of the day, 
the Supreme Court should have made the right decision in ensuring that they did not allow uh, an extension of mail-in ballots past uh, election day. And, and, and shame on the Supreme Court for that. And, and to make a to make a, a, a such a, a cheap scapegoat as to well, we didn't want to get involved. What the, you, you have to follow. You that's your job. Your job is to yeah. interpret the Constitution. That's why you were elected as a Supreme Court justice. That's your job. And 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 the Trump team had a clear, clear argument that hey. You know, it doesn't. It's not fair for them to extend, which is it, it's crazy if you think about it. It defies logic and common sense. For Pennsylvania, for the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, which, by the way, we're all liberals, to say that it was acceptable to count in mail-in ballots after election day to do an extension. I mean, if that is not a sign that the Dems are saying we're trying to rig this, I don't know what is. And the fact that I alluded earlier in the show is they're not even trying to hide it. And that's why Trump's team were ready is because they stupidly gave away all their secrets, what they were going to do. They eliminated the element of surprise. They were warning Trump for months this is what we're going to do. I mean, they, they, they touted it. Uh, they didn't try to hide it one bit, and that allowed Trump to say, oh, I, I, need, I need to take these threats seriously, and I need to get my legal team in position. And if it wasn't for the stupidity of the left of, uh, of uh, you know, touting this threat to the Trump team for months, I think that this election would be rigged completely. I think Trump would have not been in the correct positioning or would have not had the right legal team ready and prepared to launch right away, which as we speak, they're launching. They're not hesitating. So in the end of the day, uh, liberals lose for many reasons, but they also lose for being so stupid. And the fact that they warned Trump, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're not trying to hide it. Uh, what did they think Trump was going to do? Just sit there and say, oh, yeah, they probably don't mean it. I shouldn't take it seriously. So why get prepared for it anyways, right? No, no. Trump was prepared. He's prepared. And, you know, we've been saying this for months on the show, Robert. We are on the cusp of a civil war. We've been on the cusp of a civil war. And I guarantee you, if this election is stolen, and that's a big if, it will not bode well. And as Mike was alluding, the working class, the backbone of America, they will come out and it will not be pretty and blood will be spilled and none of us want that. Robert, you and I and, and Kelly and Dr. Polberg and everyone on the show agrees, we don't want violence. We don't want it to come to that. But if it comes to that, it comes to that. And that's what we're trying to avoid. So tomorrow, we got to get Nevada. We get Nevada, we stop Biden from 270. We've got to get Pennsylvania and definitely have to do that recount, which is within 22,000 votes in the state of uh, Wisconsin. Uh, and then Trump has a pathway to the election. And we have to fight tooth and nail. We've got to fight the hardest fight we've ever fought because, you know what, this has happened too many times. It happened to Nixon, and the Republicans just sat back, and they just allowed it to happen. 
And, you know, I know many will come back at me with this one and many will disagree and many will say, you know, Al Gore claimed he won the election, but he really didn't. But I will still maintain today that we won the election and it was stolen from us. So it's happened on both sides of the table. Trump, this time, knowing knowing that those historical facts, he's not going to be the type to sit back and say, well, for the good of the nation, I'm going to lose. Because Trump knows if he loses, that would be the good of the nation. Is, is, exactly. If Trump loses, he knows. He knows what the Dems are going to do. They're going to lock us down again. They're going to destroy this economy. They won't even give us a chance. He knows. So Trump is not fighting for his ego. Not this time. Okay, maybe he has an ego. You know what? He's not perfect. Give me you, you you give me an example of a perfect president and and I'll um I'll I'll I'll, I'll mow your lawn for free if I ever go down there to California. I'll leave him. Um, I'll throw that out there. No, huh? but 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 at the end of the day, Trump knows he's not going to sit on this. Gore sat on this. Nixon sat on this. Trump is not going to sit on this, and he's not going to play the game of oh you know to. To unify us together, he knows we're not unified. We're more divided than ever, and that's the Dems' fault. And that's also the culpability of the Republicans' fault as well. Both parties have have equal blame in that. And so, at the end of the day, no, he's going to fight this till the end. He's going to lay it on the table, and I'm confident justice will prevail. Because, as Kelly said, I'll I'll use the uh, Spanish analogy because he has the cojones. He has the balls. He's an existential threat. He always has been since day one. The rank-and-file establishment Republican Party, they didn't want the type of change Trump was going to be. But you know what? When it came for Lindsey Graham's seat and when it came for Mitch McConnell, they sure know how to play the part and pretend that they're, oh, they're all pro-Trump, right? Because Trump got them across the line. He saved their seats. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say they're the sheeps in wolf clothing over there in that regard. Because Trump is not a Republican. The two-party system has failed us for the longest time. That's why Trump represents the greatest existential threat to the two-party system, even to the Republicans. Even though we know out of the lesser of the two evils, I'd rather go with the devil I know than the devil I don't know, and the devil I know are the Republicans. The Dems are the devil I don't know. I'll go with the devil I know. I'll take my chances on that one. And so we're going to fight. We're going to prevail. We're going to win. We're going to retain the Senate. And in 2022, we're taking back the House. We have to. Our, our, our families, our loved ones, everything we know, our country, everything rests on this. This is our moment to not sit back. This is our, this is our Martin Luther King moment. This is our civil rights moment analogy this is our this is our this is our moment to finally say enough is enough we have been censored we have been demeaned we have been put in the back seat for too many decades enough is enough this is the straw that breaks the camel's back oh i'm sorry our the, everyone we know and love our their lives are on on the line and if not, well, got, yeah. for the next generation, for the young children right now that are two, that are three, 
we owe it to them to know that we put up the great fight, that we put it all up on the line. And that's what we have to do. Because at this point, we don't have any other choice. We don't have the luxury of saying, well, we could choose to. No, we have to. And I think Mike will agree with me on that, and Tom will agree with me on that, and Kelly would agree with me on that, and Dr. Tolberg and you would agree with me on that, and I'll defer back to you, Robert. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And real quick, um, we do have some other callers on. If you'd like to chime in on tonight's show, uh, give us a call. I mean, well, you already gave us a call, but push the one and the number dial, and I'll get you in. Also, go to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, where you can search for the uh, the link uh, for you can email it to you uh, by sending me a message on the Bards Logic Political Talk uh, contact page by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, go to the contact page. Uh, you'll see where you can send me an email, and I could send you out the link for tonight's show. Uh, so let's de- you know we'll you know definitely would appreciate that. You know, love to get the link out. We've we've had a lot of great topics that. You just don't hear it, you know, everywhere. And so it would be uh, really nice to be able to, to send that out. So, again, just send me a message at the www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and go to the contact page. Now, I do have a quick article here. It's, it's actually not taken from the Bards Logic newsroom, but it was something that I, I they someone referred to on Parlor, which that's another thing. I'm getting – after this election, I think I'm going to be done with Facebook, and I'm going to move over uh, – to, to go to Parler, and that's P-A-R-L-E-R. And I believe uh, Dan Bongino, I, I believe is correct, that he's actually one of the, uh, the co-founders of it. And I just started I just started a, uh, a you know profile there literally this evening while I was doing uh, show prep tonight. And I, I mean, I'm going to recommend, and I'll probably stay on Facebook a while, just long enough to recommend people to, you know, especially conservatives, to ditch uh, Facebook. And, and then and then come over to Parlor. But anyway, this article is actually um, that somebody referred to, and it states here. It, again, it's not a real long one because we don't got a lot of time. But I do want to bring this up. We'll, and this will go to you, Kelly, and then we'll bring it, of course, uh, to the rest of the panelists or anyone else who uh, is on the line to like to chime in on it. Again, push the one on your number dial. It gets you in. It says uh, Trump camp file suit in Georgia to stop. Now this he's talking. He's talking about stop counting ballots. After Biden camp seeks volunteers to go door to door helping voters fix their mail-in ballots after the election day, so it says the Trump campaign filed its third lawsuit of the day. This one in Georgia to stop ballot counting. It says the campaign Trump's campaign filed similar lawsuits in Michigan and Pennsylvania earlier Wednesday. Uh, Trump, uh, President Trump, is up by more than 100,000 votes in Georgia. However, election officials refuse to call the state for the president. Today, earlier, uh, Trump earlier today declared victory in Georgia. Barack Obama's former speechwriter earlier today tweeted that the Biden campaign is seeking volunteers to go to, quote, go door-to-door helping voters fix their mail-in ballots so they count the day after the election, David Witt, author of Thanks, uh, Obama, My Hope, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why he missed it, put that in there. But basically, so he's basically saying, hey, let's have people go fix their mail-in vote so they can try to get it in before the, ele- before the election, I mean, or after the election, which is crazy. And, no, and that's why Trump's saying, um, stop voting. We're not going to take any more of these votes. 
I mean, Kelly, what's your take on that? I mean, they're talking about – and as you said, real, real quick, I'll refer to you, Joseph, but, I mean, Kelly, answer this. that Joseph, the reason why – and you bring up that they're just letting President Trump know what they're doing is because they don't think they can be stopped. That's why, in my opinion, folks, okay, is that that's one of the reasons why I think this this election is so important. Because the Democrats began to arm the media. They have, they, they, as you said, Jesus, and you're right, they have said what they're going to do. Because they believe, and right now it's true, and we have to prove them wrong by having a Donald Trump victory for re-election, that they can do whatever they want with impunity. That they can do anything they want, say anything they want, do whatever lie they want, hide and obfuscate any information, put out false information such as, all oh, the, the Biden laptop was Russia disinformation, and then people like Adam Schiff can get away with this without any consequence. And I think, at least at this point, I mean, there has to be a consequence. At this point in the game, it needs to be electoral consequence, which means we cannot allow. Because here's the, here's what I think it comes down to, you know. And get you know, is look, there has to be consequences. And right now, my preference is to see electoral consequence, where we can't let them get away with this and act with impunity and get away with it. And the way that the, not that happen is to not reward them with the election. Because if, they, if, if we don't defeat them electorally, we're going to have to find another way to defeat them. Electorally is the peaceful way that we've done it for all these years. I'm, hope, I'm wanting it to stay that way, to come that way. But it might not be. I mean, who was that, Kelly? And this I'll bring it to you because, Kelly, you're great with these quotes. Is who is that guy? And I, can, I know I'm going to misquote him. Who said, you know, occasionally, you know, Something about for liberty or something. It has to be the shift from the tree of blood of patriots and tyrants or something like that. I'm sure you can say the quote and even say it was way better than I could. I'm not real good with those with quotes and stuff like that. Thomas Jefferson, the the tree of liberty has to be washed every 25 years by the blood of tyrants and patriots. And I hope that doesn't happen, but I mean, we certainly don't want to see that happen. But, Mike, I mean, here's the thing. Are they backing us into a corner? Do we have no other choice if we can't find a way to win this? I don't want to see that happen, obviously. You know, I want a peaceful way, but we, we, we can't just let them do this with them. We can't let them get away with this with impunity. You're well, let me call it. right, Robert. I just wanted to add one thing. You're right, Robert. They said it because they don't fear that that they're going to take action and 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 Kelly maybe you could segue into this they don't fear us anymore they they you got to understand when these liberal democrats had all of this power with the covid lockdowns powers that no 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 governors or or mayors have ever uh, exerted before they must have been on cloud nine thinking, wow, we could do anything at this point. They were emboldened. And Kelly, uh, what are your thoughts on that, especially 
coming from a place of California with 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 someone so corrupt with some such draconian lockdown measures like Newsom or my home state of New York Cuomo. I had to flee Hawaii because of Governor Ige. What do they have in common? They never thought they could get this far with the power trip, but once they saw, well, we pretty much can do anything we want. We can make you wear a mask. We can make you stay home. We can do anything. Yeah, I think you're right, Robert. Uh, they, 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 they pretty much thought they could also tell Trump we're going to rig the election, and yeah, we're going to actually tell There's you about it. We're not going to hide it. it. And, and what are you going to do? There was multiple questions. Well, there are multiple questions in your comments there. So maybe address one by one. The California Constitution does not allow Newsom to do what he's doing. Not just in one way, but two. He can only enforce the laws that the legislature has produced. And another section of the California Constitution... The three branches are completely separate, and they shall not be doing the duties of the other branches. So Newsom, when he says, oh, mask and lockdown, he just did the legislature's job. He didn't care what the judicial system had said. He went out on his own. He's not authorized to do that. But he did it anyway. Of course, there's lawsuits flying. We'll find out the results. Pennsylvania. All of their governor lockdowns has been deemed unconstitutional per the Constitution of Pennsylvania, and this by a federal judge. Good. We're getting it. Your right, or supposed right, to stay healthy from your fear of a virus does not allow you to tell me what to do. Because of your fear. Okay, fine. So this has been settled in Pennsylvania. It's going to spread throughout the U.S. That your fear of me infecting you does not give you the right to tell me what to do. Thank you very much. Oh, wait a minute. How do the courts work for centuries and even millenniums? Not what could happen, not what fear you may have, but what actually happened. The courts only deal with what has happened, not what could happen. So it makes sense that federal judge says, Pennsylvania, you're out of line with all your mandates. And eventually it will happen on California. And Governor Newsom, I just don't think he's going to last very long the next few elections where he's out. Okay, anyway, so that addresses one question. And Kelly, you... my apologies if I had a slew of questions. I guess I'm just pretty passionate tonight, uh, and I apologize. You're right. I should have just asked one question at a time. But forgive me, Robert, too. I'm, I'm just passionate tonight. No, no, no it's fine. Space, but... I'm sorry. Well, we all... I, I kind of went off there on a little tangent. My apologies. It's just that uh, I got all no, these emotions. And, uh, don't don't worry, but but Kelly's has uh, the solution. Like at the beginning, uh, you 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 said that uh, funny joke that the uh, what was it? The uh, I'll let you say it. Uh, I'm sorry. That kind of get that kind of inspired me to just go off on that one. What what what, what did you call it, uh, Kelly? Because that was a classic one. Did you call well, it? Well, people are excited. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, people are excited that their candidate won. It's called premature elect elation. <laughs> I, that's what I was feeling when I was asking all those questions. I I I promise that's the whole truth. I I, I promise. I promise yeah, that's so, what it was. I, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So let's let's try another question that you had out of the many. Well, what's another question you had? So it's not more of a a question; it's more of a statement. The first question you answered, it, it's it's more like going to what Robert was saying. It's it that they are emboldened to do it because they don't fear any reprisal. It's because you see, you got to understand, COVID wasn't planned. Nobody in their right mind knew what COVID, the extent of it, the lockdown, you know, this was just more like a pet experiment, you know, uh, when, the, when Trump gave the, the discretion of the governors to, you know, implement the lockdown measures or open it the way they say fit. What I'm trying to say is no, no politician has ever had that amount of power before in American history. And I'm saying that once they realize they had all this power. They 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 feed into it. It, it it's 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 like it's like a vampire sucking blood. You just want more blood and more blood. And so when these governors saw, wow, we, our 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 reach is that far. Wow, we could actually get away with violating uh, the state constitution, the United States Constitution, people's rights. Hey, we could even stop people. You can't go to your church, but you can go to the liquor store and you can play lotto. When they saw how far they could go, and when they saw that they became emboldened, well, yeah, shoot, I would think at that point they would think they could pretty much do anything else, including rigging an election. So I, I would agree right. with Robert on that. It's more like a statement on that. And, and one of the most guilty candidates, one of the worst governors with the most draconian measures, Newsom is on the top of that list. Cuomo's on the Cuomo. top of that list. Governor Ige of the of the state of Hawaii, even though many people don't talk about Hawaii, it's the state most reliant on tourism, more than any other state, even though it has a population of 1.4 million, and yet it has the highest unemployment rate because of it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, these uh, Whitmer, Whitmer has been atrocious with her draconian measures. I mean, the argument that uh, from liberals, wait a minute, it's dangerous to go to your church, but it's safe to go to a liquor store and play lotto. And here's the caveat, Robert and Kelly. It was okay to kneel down with BLM surrounded by hundreds of people, but it was okay. It's okay. You're not going to catch COVID. It's, it's, it's fine. But then once the protest ended, it was back to, uh, now we have a mask mandate. You got to wear the mask again. Oh, oh, now you got to wear the mask. Oh, oh, oh I, I get it. Right. Uh, even Cuomo and Ige is calling for a mask mandate. He, Biden said if, if the scientists tell him that, you know, they need to have a mask mandate, they will. So, yeah, they are emboldened, and that is why Robert, Kelly, Tom, Mike, anyone who's ever been on this show for eight years, this is our moment to not sit quiet. We have to fight our our, our, our country's History, our country's future rests on this. And I don't want to sit back like I did in 2000. And don't get me wrong, in 2000, I fought the great spot. And we lost, but it didn't feel good. I know Gore could have went further. And I'm sure people were alive during the Nixon and Kennedy era. 
I'm sure many Nixonians, many uh, people who backed Nixon would have would have uh, not agreed with Nixon's decision to not have fought it. This is a, a, a time in our country where if we don't fight, we will lose the future of this country. We have to this time. We cannot just sit back and let them take it. We do that. We will not only create the demise of anyone and everyone we love, but we will not leave for the future generations. We will not leave a country of the land of the free and the home of the brave. We will leave a socialist or a communist China behind. And I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, once we get to that level, it's the point of no return. And I'm not trying to do fear mongering, but that is the truth as I see it. And that is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you. Thank you, Joseph. You know, you're the kind of people why I believe in the American people. They're not just thinking about themselves. They're thinking of future generations. They're thinking of freedom. How do we continue to preserve our freedoms? And that is what has made this great American experiment so successful, that we think about others. For ourselves and our posterity, said the preamble to the Constitution. So you are thinking of others and your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. And so there you go. Regarding Trump, COVID, whole thing, let's look at Trump and let's look at Biden. Trump basically said, oh, let's turn it over to the states. He got it right. Absolutely right per the Constitution and the origin and the founding of the Constitution and the thinking of the colonials during the time of the Constitution. We have the 13 states. And the states have enormous rights and enormous power. The states created the federal government, not the other way around. Okay. So the states can manage their issues their way, however they still seem to be for their own uh, – as as to them shall seem to be the most effective way to affect their freedom and, pos- and prosperity. That's from the Declaration of Independence. Trump said, let the states decide. There you go. Some states, oh, let's turn this into an opportunity to create fear, 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 fear. Some states are like South Dakota, South Dakota, the governor of South Dakota. I want to give her a big hug, kiss her on the forehead. I do not have the right, she said. I don't have the right to determine which is an essential business or not because the Constitution doesn't. Provide that but that's what I don't understand about Michigan. I can't imagine Michigan going, even being that close, you know, because, I mean, look what Whitmer did in Michigan. And, and it can actually come where Biden's going to take it. You would think they'd be have, like, an allergic reaction to Democrats after what they, they what you know, Whitman tried to do. Well, okay. We have a system that allows for people to choose what they want to choose, including corruption and election fraud, election rigging. However, there are accountability systems. And so we have not seen the final answer on this election. My hope is the Justice Department 
we'll be rounding up thousands and thousands of people who were cheating, clearly cheating. And they go to jail for 10, 20, 30, 50 years. Great. Because you're trying to silence the voice of the American people through election fraud and election rigging. You have no right to do that whatsoever. And so you need to go to jail for a heck of a long time and never vote again. And so we have this situation where people believe, they believe, they believe, oh, we're going to commit crimes and we're going to get away with it. Oh, they believe that. And so the next several weeks, we are going to find out how many people get arrested for cheating, for taking ballots and throwing them in the dumpster. For bringing Real in quick, Kelly, 40 seconds, and then i got to do uh, closing comments. Go ahead. We're going to see people who are st- stuffing the ballots, stuffing the ballot box, throwing away ballots. We are going to see an awful lot of corruption exposed. Cross my fingers, hope, hope, pray. Okay? Because that is what's I don't see how Biden could be elected. The logical answers, but also just looking at the rallies. Uh, where are his, his supporters? They're not there. Okay, fine, 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 fine. But you look at the numbers. You look at the numbers of a lot more North Carolina. A lot more Republicans, new Republicans, were registering faster than the Democrats. And the Republicans outnumber the Democrats in North Carolina. That's why I called That's why I called uh, North Carolina for Trump even a week before the election. But these people, again, Stalin said, the people voting do not count as much as the people counting the votes. And this isn't over yet. This is not over yet. So we're going to be in this for weeks. Back to you. Well, let's go ahead. We'll have to do closing comments. Each of us got about a minute and a half, and then I'll have to close things out uh, with the show. I want to thank everybody, of course, for coming on to tonight's episode, hopefully here uh, from all you folks uh, back next week. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about as we do <laughs> every week. Uh, and so we'll go ahead and go with you, Joseph, for, you know, getting closing comments. Uh, again, I got about a minute or so. Uh, and then you, Michael, and then Kelly, and then I'll uh, have to close things out uh, for this week. Uh, go ahead, uh, Joseph. Uh, I just want to leave uh, a positive uh, vibe before the end of the show. And I want to say it ain't over till the fat lady sings. And I am confident in the American people that we will make sure justice will prevail and Trump will win re-election. It may be tied up in litigation for quite a while, like uh, Kelly alluded to. Uh, and thank you, Kelly, for that heartfelt uh, compliment, because um, I know you mean it. Uh, I do care about my fellow Americans in my country. It's not just about myself. And uh, I think everyone on this show is like-minded in that aspect, and that's why it is always an honor, privilege, and pleasure to be on this show and to be a part of the show and to be a part of history every week. And I thank you all for allowing us to have a voice and a say on this show 
And Robert, uh, thank you so much for being such a wonderful host for all these years and for truly making this, oh, absolutely, from the bottom of my heart, you truly have done something that if the mainstream media did the same thing you did with with your show, we'd have a, a fair and balanced objective media. And that is, you have always made this place the people show. Despite differing uh, opinions, uh, you've never suppressed anyone, you've never censored anyone. As a matter of fact, you've always welcomed differing opinions and views. And I thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. God bless you, Kelly, uh, Tim, Mike, Dr. Tolberg, everyone else on this show. You're always in my thoughts and my prayers. And uh, let's see what transpires next week. But uh, don't worry, we got this one. We're not going to give up. We're going to fight tooth and nail until justice prevails. Thank you. God bless everyone, and, and God bless the beautiful United States of America. Good night. Yeah, Joseph, no, thank you very much. I appreciate the, those words. <laughs> Certainly, we do say this is the grassroots We the People show. It's not my show. That's why it's not called after my name. It's your show. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, Michael, thank you. Your, your comments. Yeah, well, um... I mean, I really appreciate Joseph com- Joseph's comments. We are, um, and I think what what Kelly said in regards to them and his sentiments is, uh, it's it is the very fabric of this nation. Um, but it, that also tells us something about this nation, because I it's that conception, the ability of the the human mind to think about future generations. There's no other there's no other creature on this earth has that capacity. Uh it's a unique quality. You know, the Augustinians referred to it as, you know, made in the image of God. And I think that quality is what why western civilization has has endured through a series of a very a very bad ideas the roman empire uh incessant religious warfare um but there's there's been a prevailing characteristic to think of future generations and this country comes out of that commitment we were the kind of the beacon of hope for the best of our civilization and i think that's that has to come to the fore today i think americans should feel the challenge to, to become our best quality, uh, to strive for an ideal, because it really isn't about our lives. It really is about the meaning of our lives. And um, so we should have some fun. I mean, this is this is a winnable fight. We've got a kind of a remarkable. You know, one thing I really enjoyed was uh, <laughs> after. On election day, waking up after Trump, you know, watching some watching Trump's last rally on Monday night, and waking up Tuesday morning, and there, there was Trump. He sent out a late tweet with him dancing to YMCA, and you know, you gotta love the guy for his sense of humor, for his willingness to be vulnerable and goofy. Uh, he's not trying to be some uptight, power-hungry politician. He's uh there's a there's a living there's a living quality and and ultimately it's why he how he expresses a love for the the population he's not he doesn't look down or talk down to people and that's that quality of leadership and i think the american people just need to respond and we need to be be flexible i would also say that 
once we secure this victory, we have some work to do. We have to we have to really make sure that this second tour this second term is transformational. Um, in terms of our financial system, Wall Street has run amok for decades. Our investments and our infrastructure have been non-existent. Our nation is in disrepair. The drug and cultural degeneration is severe crisis. We've got a lot of rebuilding, a lot of developing to do. And I think everyone listening to this call that feels the importance of this immediate fight also has to take on the responsibility to make sure we have a, a country that really begins to grow again. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to uh, to having you know you back on, and of course the other folks as well from uh, the LaRouche Pack. Uh, certainly, definitely, folks, check out uh, the article I have here on Blog Talk Radio, and as an article from Barbara Boyd from the LaRouche Pack. And you know, I get in the beginning of the show, you know, I did read off you know the begin uh, uh, the beginning part of it, and certainly want to read the rest of the articles, but I did provide the link here. On Blog Talk Radio, uh, Kelly, you know, go ahead uh, a few seconds here, and then I'll have to close things out. Till go ahead, get about thirty seconds. Well, I guess we got Joseph and Mike, and I'm going to say Robert too that we are a nation that cares about our posterity, and we want to leave to them a government that is just, is respected, is trusted, protects the freedoms we have and that we are rewarded for the work we have done. Socialism is the absolute opposite. Chronic control, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I don't need to say more. This election will be decided over the next several weeks, and we'll have a tough scenario here. We'll see what the courts will say. SCOTUS will get involved, my prediction, and we shall see. Uh, but uh, and with that, you're we, right. We will we will see. That 30, 30 seconds isn't a long time, Kelly. And I really hate to interrupt, but yeah, the, the clock is ticking. I'm seeing. Um, but let's definitely bring that up next time. Let's hope we're let's hope we're won uh, by this time next week, or still in the fight. I'd prefer it to be a win, but in the fight. But anyway, we'll see each other next time. I really appreciate it, folks. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Um, I hate to end things though, but take care and good night. Good night, folks.